Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, gone. Go hey, gets a bomb out Boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another edition of A's Cast Live. It's going to be a great show. I know it's Thursday, and you might be like, what What are these guys doing? Well, tomorrow is a holiday, and for some reason, some people feel that they shouldn't have to work on holidays and said, I, I'm not working on a Friday. Uh, that's the Oakland A's organization. They, they told us to take the day off. I, I wasn't told I had to take the day off. But if we're going to go Thursday, we're going to go Thursday. And so we're here today. And you'll be able to watch this on Twitter and YouTube. And uh, we'll replay it tomorrow on A's cast. Is that correct? Uh, correct. And today also. So uh, we are here and ready to rock. Have a great show for you. We have our boots on the ground down in the Arizona Fall League. I got to tell you, had a wonderful night last night at the San Jose Hall of Fame induction. Uh, really big deal at the Shark Tank. I mean, crowded. It was kind of like a who's who in sports. The great Doug Cosby, for some of you who remember football back in the day, was a tight end for the Dallas Cowboys for 10 years under Tom Landry, played with Roger Staubach, uh, Tony Dorsett, Ed Tuttle-Jones, Randy Randy White, all the great Cowboy teams, Hall of Famers, uh, was a Santa Clara Bronco, uh, went to Sarah High School. He was inducted. My old head coach at San Jose State, Sam Perraro, now in his, like, sixth Hall of Fame. <laughs> And congratu- congratulations to Coach. It was a wonderful night. We recently had him on the program. Uh, we have a lot of San Jose State graduates who listen to this, sh- this show. Obviously, everybody really 
around the A's, knows my old head coach, is um, just our little baseball world. Good friends also with the great Ken Korak. And uh, it was great to be there last night to watch my head coach get inducted. And just to see all the people coming up to me, want to talk A's baseball. And one of them is Mark O'Brien, a former teammate of mine at San Jose State. He used to be the head coach. Santa Clara Baseball was uh, a coach for multiple World Series teams at Stanford. Also was a coach at San Jose State, now an agent. Guess who he represents? Denzel Clark. Denzel Clark. So he was like, Townie, you got to do me a favor, get Denzel Clark on the program. So Denzel Clark... Soon as Arizona Fall League is over, is it this week? Are they going into playoffs? I think the playoffs or the championships this weekend? I'm pretty sure. I think it's Sunday. They're done next week. Yeah. So Denzel Clark, who is no question a big part of the future of this ball club, and my old teammate, now turned super agent, Mark O'Brien, says, I, I would state my career on this kid, how good he is going to be for you guys. So we will have Denzel Clark on next week, but right field wheel, right? Right field will. I was wheel. I was calling wheel. Right field will, uh, beloved A's fan, is down in the Valley of the Sun. He will be joining us uh, via video right here from the Arizona Fall League. He's actually back now. He came back yesterday. He'll be joining us (laughs) from his house here in the East Bay. (laughs) But we'll act. Can we act like it's there? Can you text him? Say, act like you're in Arizona. Sure. Uh, by the way, Denzel Clark, the tenth best A's prospect in the system, according to MLB.com. He can be like, I am at the Radisson here, and who's gonna, you know, I'm at Embassy Suites here in Tempe. Is anybody gonna call us on that? Is anybody gonna fact check where right field Will is? Probably not, unless it's some of his close friends watching. On you're the, not there. The only person that just threw us under the bus was you. Well, hopefully by then, new audience by 1:30. Unbelievable. Kylie McDaniel from ESPN has put out a, and you don't have to print it out. You don't, don't worry. I did the heavy lifting. How many pages? 20, 21 pages, even down to the others. It's the top 50 free agents and we can get into the others like other pitchers, Johnny Cueto, Kyle Gibson, Craig Kimbrell, Michael Waka. Jake Odorizzi he has on here who was just traded. Yeah, so this article was out before he got traded for uh, Colby Allard, who was once a Brave, now traded for him. A lot of people don't understand the move for the Braves unless they're trying to shed money. Zach Grinke is on this list. So I have, and I and I, I have put down the gauntlet here on A's cast, no more sending me top list about free agents. We have literally haven't even entered free agency, have we? Uh, today's the first official day. Today is the first day. No I, one has signed yet, by the way. I already have a top 20 and a top 50 list. Do I need any more? Could there possibly be anybody who is not covered on any of these lists in Major League Baseball? Uh, no. The only part, I mean, let's say don't have Verlander listed since he opted out today. I can write him in. I do not Evan need. Long, Evan Longoria got his option declined by the Giants. I'm trying to save trees, for God's sakes. I do not need another top whatever free. We're good. I, I will, we'll be doing our Dave Letterman for our older crew. You might remember Dave Letterman. He was a late night talk show host, comedian. Uh, had one of the most popular shows of all time. Uh, he used to do a top 10 list. We'll be doing a top 10 list today. Uh, top 10 questions about the MLB offseason. 
I thought about this last night. I know you're a butterfly who does not want to be contacted after work hours, so I did not contact you. Um, We need to get a crystal ball. We need to have a crystal ball on set so when we make predictions and we look into the crystal ball, maybe put like an A sticker on it. Maybe last dive bar. We have plenty of last dive bar stickers to put on there. So we need to get a crystal ball. Because we're going to be talking about a lot of crystal ball stuff as David Force, our general manager down at the GM meetings, has talked about what could be happening with the Oakland Athletics. They're, they're not expensive on Amazon. I just looked here. Anywhere between 10 and 40 bucks. Here's a $9 one. I yeah. mean, sounds like an Oakland A crystal ball already. <laughs> 980 Expense it. So we need to get a crystal ball. I would like one. Can we turn it on so it kind of has like the uh, smoke inside of it? We could probably find that on Amazon. My my wife's a Prime member, so I'm sure we can get one quickly too. My wife, I she is a Prime member. Her stuff shows up that day or the next day. Same, yeah. My wife's an Uber. When I order something, I look and I'm like, yeah, if it's not here by you know, next week, I'm fine. We have more cardboard. I mean, seriously, if cardboard, like if you could sell cardboard, I would quit this job. It's a lot of cardboard. I mean, I walk home and my apartment door is filled with. It's sickening. It's sickening. And then when I order my, my, my stuff, it's in a little box like this or a little, like, the sleeve package that Amazon sends, and then there's, like, four big boxes of her stuff that comes. I want to let everybody know today that uh, I went with the Hawaiian mug today. It's a little cold, so I'm going with the little traditional Hawaiian mug that you get the old ABC store in Hawaii. Coffee or is it hot chocolate? That is coffee, baby. Ready to rock, ready to go, ready to talk MLB baseball and ready to talk about the green and gold. So Kylie McDaniel from Kylie McDaniel from ESPN will be here at two o'clock, and then our national baseball columnist Eno Saris from the Athletic has been down in Arizona, and he has a lot he wants to talk about. And there's one thing that Eno is kind of like famous for now: it's the sticky stuff, you know. Every single inning, the pitchers come off and the umpire does the most half-assed check of a guy's hands and gloves and tells them to move on because we were so worried about that substance we had never heard of called spider tack. Well, apparently, college baseball is using spider tack at like an all-time rate. So the question now becomes... You know, we look at, you know, we're able to now put cameras up and and spin rates and everything. How do you evaluate these amateur pitchers if they're using the dirty? It's hard to believe we're still talking about spider tack. We're still talking about sunscreen. But that's it is an interesting thing when you're investing. I mean, these kids that you draft are your future. I mean, these, you know, you you really get to see in any sport. I don't know what sport where you can be good and not draft well. I mean, clearly the NFL is, the draft is your team. Free agency is not, you, you, you can't in the NFL because of the salary cap and the way it works and the way you can protect players. You just can't go into an offseason. Let, let's say... You want to be – you got all the money. You're not worried about – well, in the NFL, you can't go over. At some point, you have to be under. It's not like baseball where I can – or basketball, I can blow past the luxury tax and then just go, uh, what's the check I need to write? 
and write the check and be forgiven. You can't do that in the NFL. The NFL, you have to be under. You have to be under the, the salary cap. So your draft, you have to draft well. And your draft guys are going to be your starters. They're going to be your backups. They're going to be your special teams guys. I mean, in the NBA, that's where you get your star. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can somehow be one of the teams that lands a LeBron James, but normally star guys that you're getting are later in their career. Great, I get an old Charles Barkley. I mean, it's just like, and, you know, you can have some craziness the way Kevin Durant moves around and guys that came out of high school, but those guys aren't there anymore, even though Durant came out of Texas. But, guy, you know, getting free agents, you can't build your team just off that. Yeah, you might be able to go Miami Heat style, but that's one team. There's all the other teams. You have to be able to draft well. Baseball, you have to be able to draft well. Hockey's the same way. I remember Fred Clare. Do you remember Fred Clare? You're the, probably too young. It's Dodgers, though, right? The old Dodger executive, when they were getting Daryl Strawberry from the New York Mets, and they are taking Straw, man. I want to say Straw was getting like $4 million a year or something like that, which was a big deal. And the Dodgers were known for their system, Dodger Town, the Dodger way, all the rookies of the year and all that that they had had for all those years. And Fred Clare said, hey, we're the Dodgers. We got a ton of money, and I'm not so sure how big the minor league system is anymore. Obviously, he was completely wrong. And then after that, they would have a string of a great run with, with, with rookie of the years again with like Caros and Piazza and those guys. But he was dead wrong. So your draft is key. And if you – you know, that was part of the problem that we can mention a few players don't want to do it. But, you know, if you drafted a steroid guy, I mean, you talk about bad news. You drafted a kid out of college or a kid out of high school who was on roids and you didn't know it. Bad news. Well, how about if you're drafting this pitcher and you're saying, my God, look how good he is. Look at the spin. Look how the look how the ball stays up in the zone because of the spin. Look at his slider. Look at his breaking ball. Look at all this stuff. And I'm not saying you're not still a good pitcher without it. I mean, obviously, you still got to have the velo. You still got to have the stuff. But maybe you're not the same guy that I'm drafting in the first round. And God knows how many of these guys have had Tommy John already. So I'm going into a draft. I'm worried about. Is this guy going to need a second Tommy John? And this guy's uses spider tack? And that, that's a risky, risky proposition when you're investing this kind of time and money into a player. What did Eno tell us, I think, was it last time or two weeks ago, that if you're not touching 97, you're not getting drafted in the first round. So now we're looking at college kids at, or high school kids, but more so college kids. If they throw 97, they might be using spider tack for spin. And high school kids the same way. High school kids are throwing hard, too. Wasn't it you said that you talked to someone who already had a Tommy John surgery in, like, middle school? Or eighth grade. Eighth, yeah, like, that's ridiculous. Swear to God, can't make this up. I had to, like, totally bite my lip. I'm sitting in the stands at the Willow Glen football game, which by tomorrow night, Westmont, big football game. Willow Glen go in the playoffs? Yeah, in the oh. playoffs. Oh. You said it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Willow Glen's in the playoffs. My kids will be cheering. I'll be in Reno. You're not going to be here for the game? No. No. Now, if they were playing in the game. 
difference. Was this that is that next weekend the playoff game is? Friday night. Tomorrow night? Friday night under the lights, yeah. So that's the playoff game tomorrow night. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I won't be here. Oh, well there you go. Yeah. I'll be in a casino like any other good red blooded American. I'll be celebrating my first wedding anniversary. I'm gonna be smoking cigarettes and playing slots. <laughs> Five five dollar nickel slots, smoking cigarettes all night long. That's what I'm gonna do in the in the biggest little city in the in the world. Um, so I'm in the stands, and this parent starts telling me, and they wanted my opinion. And that's when it's like, oh God, why is this happening to me? Can I just watch the football game and freeze my butt off? This kid has had Tommy John surgery in the eighth grade. And they're now holding him back in school. I was like, what? You're holding him back in school because of baseball and he's had Tommy John surgery in the eighth grade? Oh, yeah, it's going to get an extra year of high school. Blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I just, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't want to give an opinion. I just you've had a Tommy John at eighth in eighth grade. You 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 really think you're going I mean, all the wear and tear you're gonna have just to get to the big leagues. I yeah, so that's, it's an epidemic, folks. Yeah. It really is an epidemic. You have all these kids now who are playing year round because years ago they wanted us to play go play football, go play basketball. Play soccer, play golf, run track, play baseball, do all these different things and be an athlete, be a competitor. I remember I brought one of my buddy's kids to an A's game and I got him behind home plate for uh, Carl Rushmeyer, my good buddy Carl Rushmeyer, great A's fan, uh, now retired from law enforcement, but he brought his family. And I brought Bob Melvin over to his son. His son's like 6'3". And Bob Melvin told him, said, keep playing basketball. Because Melvin played basketball, played baseball. Keep playing all the different sports. Because you learn to compete. You know, these people who think, oh, my God, we're training to be baseball greats. You know, what you're doing in the 8th grade, ninth grade, you need to learn how to compete. You need to learn how to win. You need to learn how to dominate. You need to learn how to be a good teammate. You need to learn adversity. You need a lot of learning. That's the one thing. That's the one beautiful thing about football. If you don't get seriously injured, in football you will learn a lot of athletic lessons. There is always going to be somebody bigger, faster, and nastier than you in football. You'll run into that guy, unless you're Lawrence Taylor, Junior Seau. Reggie White, to name a few, you will find somebody bigger, faster, and you will get your you-know-what knocked in the dirt at some point. You learn how to compete. You learn, I mean, football has a lot of great life lessons. But now we're not doing that with kids. We're literally taking these kids and saying, you're playing baseball year-round. You're playing competitive year-round. And they're blowing at your arm. It's You're a human being. You got joints, you got ligaments, you got the other. I mean, you got these things. I mean, it. And you just put constant stress on it, whether you're young or an adult, constant stress. At some point, it gives, you're done. 
well, we now have surgeries to that you're not done, but how much longer are you going to have after that? And it scares the hell out of me that every single time we're talking about the draft each year and we're looking at this kid, he already had Tommy John as a high schooler. He already had Tommy John as a college student to where everybody used to avoid Tommy John. My generation avoided Tommy John like it was the plague. Now they're rushing in to get it. If there's even a question, I remember Brett Anderson. Brett Anderson, if anybody, and I remember what year this was. Brett Anderson had a game in Boston. He was throwing like 94 miles an hour. And then was like, you know, it doesn't feel right. And they went in, and I can't remember what the what MRI or whatever it was, but it was like immediately Tommy John surgery. I'm like, dude, you're throwing 94 miles an hour. He's never been, he would never, he was never the same guy. But couldn't wait to get in and get Tommy John. But now it's like it's like no big deal. Now we got now we have guys having Tommy John. You can have guys have multiple Tommy Johns at a young age. I mean, you're not going to have a career. I don't know what everybody's thinking. I don't know how you think this is going to be good for your career long term or good for your child to be having major surgeries like this, but it, it it's scary. It really is scary. And throw on top now, Eno's going to tell, tell us that everybody's using spider tack and still cheating at the lower levels. And they're I haven't watched a college baseball. I can call San Jose State's head coach and ask, are they checking for – I don't know if NCAA umpires are checking for it. I've been to a few – I went to a few Stanford games this year. I, I'm trying to remember if they did or not. I want to say I think they did check for uh, – I'm not certain, though. I don't, I don't. Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough. But I want well, to you're few, so used to seeing it now, you're probably not even looking for it. Yeah, I remember when they first started doing it in the minor leagues and we saw it, 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 the San Jose Giants when they were playing. I remember seeing it the first time when they played Stockton, it happened, and then they obviously they do it all the time. But, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I can't, now I can't remember if, they, if I watched it in college or not. Oh, the other thing we'll get into today is for you anti-robo-ump people, I got something for you. I don't know if this will satisfy you. But I know there are quite a few people you are anti-robo-ump. I get it. Um, how about this? How about a challenge system? I don't know how many challenges you're going to get. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how it will work. Eno's going to have this for us. But instead of robo-umps, which a lot of us, I mean, I would like to do the polling since we've been so into polling, right, with, 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 with the election that just happened. I would actually like to poll baseball fans and see exactly where are we on robo-umps. Not the media. Forget the media. The media is like watching cable news. Eh, don't have time for it. You guys are all partisan hacks. I would like to know what the people who actually are season ticket holders, people who pay to go to games, say, listen, maybe give them a, a small video to say this is what it really looks like. Like an umpire behind home plate, you're at a game, you got nachos, you got that big in the A's helmet nacho. Like you got that, I mean, you you got to put that thing on your lap, right? That's you got a bunch of nachos, you got a beer going, you got you got a you got an Italian sausage. Do you really give a crap who's calling balls or strikes? 
Your kid's sitting there going, I want cotton candy. I want daddy. I want a jersey. Daddy. Are you sitting there really worried about how the balls and strikes are being called? I would like to know. Now, this is not going to happen, but I would like to know where we would be on the polling on robo-umps. Like, really, for instance, stuff has happened in baseball that now that it's happened, nobody cares about, right? Once we get into no shifting, do you think it's like next year people are going to show up and go, the netting's a great example. Remember, we're putting up nets to help people, right? We don't want people getting hit in the head. Remember how people were so anti-netting? Because it's change. We as humans don't like change. Change is like, ah, just keep it the way it is. Don't make any change. Remember how people were so upset about the netting? Yeah. When's the last time you heard anybody complain about the netting? Well, see, we put that in like, what, a couple years ago? So before then. So at least four years, maybe. I mean... I'm trying to think when we put the net. The people nets? were up. People were calling post game. I'm not going to renew my tickets. I'm not. Gonna. I had people calling me in the post game show, bitching and complaining about netting. And I'm like, you know, get off your phones and watch the game. And you're like, listen, man, this, we're human beings. These games are three hours. I mean, you think I'm going to be like this for three hours on every pitch? It's not possible. No one has that attention span. There's going to be a time where someone's texting me, someone's calling me, something's happened, the beer guy comes over, guy's got peanuts, I drop my peanuts, something happens and a line drive, boom, hits somebody in the head. Like, get, get over it. And what's happened? No one even addresses netting anymore. So, once again, I'd like to do the polling because I think once once it starts happening, you're not going to care how balls and strikes are. It's just it's a ball or a strike. Uh, Joel Sherman had this on Twitter yesterday. He's actually down in the GM meetings in Vegas. But he had this yesterday on Twitter, and it's about the uh, about the AAA season the next year. MLB plans to have an automated ball-slash-strike system, ABS, technology in all 30 AAA parks in 2023. Current plan, multiple times a week games will only be automated ball and strike technology. Then multiple times ABS with hitter and pitcher challenge system. MLB feels best data comes from AAA rather than lower minors. So this is a strong sign that the automated ball strike system is one of these forms will be a part of MLB's earliest tw- the 24 season, depending on how the AAA testing goes, perhaps 2025. All right. I don't care what you do at AAA. And I will say this. I don't care what the players have to say. You've watched this show long enough. Uh, when it comes to change and it comes to making our game better and faster, more entertaining and faster, I do not care what the players have to say. I, I'm anti-player when it comes to what they say about change. We pay you, show up, entertain me. And right now, you're taking too long. You, the player, are the problem. That's the problem. This game's been played for over 150 years, and it just gets slower and slower and slower and slower because of the players. Because they lag. They lag. We're seeing it in the postseason. Guys taking over 30 seconds to throw a pitch. Does it really take you 30 seconds to look at your catcher, one fastball, two curve. Most time, guys aren't on base, so it's one fastball, or maybe it's two slider, you know, wiggles, change up, get the pitch. I like it, I don't like it, let's go. It doesn't take 30-plus seconds to do that. Well, pitch comp now, so it's even faster. Yes, I mean, seriously. 
He says, bang, fastball, eh, slider. But they're still taking over 30. We, we, are, we are in this game, it is fact, legislating against front offices and players. That's just fact. We're putting in rules to combat front offices and players, which is fine. We got a robo-vote, by the way. One of our listeners, Pam, says, I'm a robo-vote. So, but, okay, for people who are, are anti-robo-vote, here, here is the olive branch, right? Because I want everybody to be happy. In an election season, I want everybody to feel like they're winners. What if you can challenge? Because there's clearly, clearly, I mean, our boss, Delaire, will tell you, who's running the television, we see the box, right? Whether the box is 100% accurate or not. I do know this. If, if, if I have the outside corners here, the outside corner is my hand. Are you with me? And the ball comes up this far outside of my hand. I'm pretty sure if you challenge it, I'm going to win that. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I was watching the other day. God, who was it? It was Monday Night Football. It was one of the Ravens. They had. It was one of the Ravens. Was it the it was Ravens played who on the on, Saints? Saints. So it was the Ravens down at the uh, they played Voodoo it, Dome. Yeah. What is the Mercedes Benz Dome now or whatever? Okay, I've been to, I've been to the Superdome quite a bit. Lowy so it's a lot of history. A lot of history at the Superdome. I've had I've been to New Orleans like fifteen times. I've covered a ton. I've covered Super Bowls, Final Fours. Great city. New Orleans is one of my favorite cities. Superdome needs to be redone. Sorry, it's tired. But anyway, the the receiver's foot was literally right on the turf. And what's great about turf versus grass is it's 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 basically perfect. There's green and there's white. It's not like the old days where the chalk and that no, this is green and it is white. So you could barely tell that the guy did not touch the white with his cleat. Right? But I'm telling you Here's a remote. If this is the outside of the strike zone and the ball's out here, we're going to be able to tell ball or strike pretty easy. So I'll say this. If you're anti-robo-ump, can you meet me halfway with challenges? I don't know how many you're going to get a game, but there's some during – and as a manager, you know, as Nick Saban was talking about, you know, their go-for-two chart. Did you see that? Nick Saban was great. I did not. Oh, are you watching the Manning cast? Folks, everything, you know – that's something I want to get into today. Remind me. No, no. This was uh, I was I saw his press conference on YouTube. Oh, um, everybody hates to think that everything is scripted now, but everything has always been kind of scripted. Baseball has just finally gotten on board. Like a, a football coach has a full script. You see, laminated, right? The football coaches, whether they're up in the booth or on, they have all their plays that they want to run. They have their goal line plays. They have their third down plays. They have scripted out how they want to run their game. Yeah, Shanahan scripts like the first, what, 15 or 20 plays? That's Bill Walsh. Yeah. Bill Walsh was the inventor, the great San Jose State Spartan. You see him right here, the great Bill Walsh. God love you. Scripted. He was the first guy to script out the first 20 plays because he not only wanted to see what worked for him, he wanted to see what the defense was going to react, right? That's why he's the genius. It was a genius move. So the fact that baseball pretty much scripts stuff out now, we have to kind of get over that because everybody does it, right? Steve Kerr has his rotations and what he wants to do late in the games. I mean, everybody's got that. Um, 
But you would have to have kind of like, when do I challenge? Am I going to challenge balls and strikes in the first inning? If it's a if it's a um, egregious ball call or strike call, yeah. What are the situations? Am I am I going to? As the base is loaded and with two outs, and if Viamile Machine is up in the first inning, are you and nobody's on? Are you going to challenge that? Probably not. But if um, Seth Brown is up in the eighth inning with two runners on. Yes, you're challenging that. Right? It, you it, see what I'm saying? Yes. Now we're going to have like a system here. Mark Kotze's got to have a system of who do I want to have challenges for? Tony Camp's won for his last 24. I know, right field there? Yeah, he's out. Okay, Tony Camp's won for his last 24. Am I saving my challenge for that? Or am I saving my challenge for... Sean Murphy up. Sean Murphy's yeah. red hot, and he's two batters later, and eh, I think there will have to be some charting there. The great right field Will, we have heard, is back from Arizona, but we're going to act like he is still in the Valley of the Sun at the NBC Suites in Mesa, Arizona. Can we do that? Absolutely. Downey, whatever you need, I'll do for you. How are you, buddy? How was it down there? Oh, it was a tremendously good time. Uh, Mesa, unfortunately, just lost a few minutes ago, so they are not going to go to the play-in game to go to the championships, unfortunately. Peoria beat them out, so it's the other side of the Valley who is going to play for the – Glendale and Peoria is going to play for the play-in game, and they'll play surprise in the championship game on MLB Network on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I was listening last night uh, on the way to the San Jose Hall of Fame inductions. I was listening to our buddy Mike Farron was on uh, – Sirius XM channel 89 doing play by play. Were we in the game last night? Uh, we had a game yesterday afternoon where it was raining like crazy, which is weird to have that happen in Arizona. But uh, yeah, we had a lead for a long time and then just absolutely blew it towards the end. Thankfully, it wasn't an A's pitcher, it was a Yankees pitcher who just got annihilated. Some guy was pitching in the uh, complex league for some reason, was on their roster, and uh, he got tagged for about seven runs. All right, so our guys are officially done. Our guys are officially done. They just finished about 10 minutes ago. Zach Geloff tried to start a rally in the seventh inning with a double, but nobody else could pick him up along the way. Well, good news next week. Uh, my old college teammate is Denzel Clark's agent. So we're going to have Denzel Clark on the program next week and start to profile some of these guys who obviously mean so much to us. While you are down there, boots on the ground for A's cast. That, see, that's what we need to now start talking about for right field will everybody talks about him being out in right field he's now boots on the ground for A's cast what did you see uh what did you see what did you learn give us the highlights I mean learned a lot from our guys it was nice to see like another year of development for Geloff I saw him at Stockton in uh 2021 his game's gotten even better he can play all over the diamond now if you want him in center he could play there but he's gonna be a phenomenal double pair combo with Nick Allen uh here very very shortly the bats there, the gloves there. He's he's a phenomenal talent, man. Geloff is someone very special, to say the least. That's why he was a second-round pick. You know, when I hear Zach Geloff, and we saw him, and we saw you there, too, when we were uh, uh, in San Jose, where San Jose Muni is just down the street from us here in Willow Glen. And Zach Geloff at that point was third base, right? We're saying this guy's the third baseman of the future he looked like a good-sized kid from the stands. How big is he? He's probably about 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, he has great mobility, great range. I mean, he can play third, too, but they've been playing him a lot more here at second base, which I'm actually, I am surprised by, but I, that, again, that is a need here in the organization. Uh, you know what? I got it. 
And this is why, and I, I'm kind of right here. Now, obviously, we were in the stands drinking beers at the time, so that was we didn't have our YouTube scout eyes on. Zach Geloff is – Zach Geloff – Tony, we were drinking man sodas, buddy, just man sodas. It's okay. Uh, Zach Geloff is 6'3". There's not many 6'3 second basemen in Major League Baseball. No, definitely not. That's why but it's he, a little I mean, again, no, his range, He has phenomenal range, so, I mean, he could probably be the one that breaks that mold and could actually do it. Well, and I know there's a little throwing issue, but if he can hit and everything that we've seen, if he can hit and he plays second base, uh, we'll take that because, you know, who knows the second base position going into next year. Looks like Gelop will probably start at AAA, and hopefully he hits – hopefully all these kids hit their way to Oakland. Uh so, Geloff, all right, you like what you see with Geloff, and it's good that you've been seeing him for a long, long time. Who else? Uh, the kid who I'm actually – the guy throws gas, nothing but gas, Mason Miller. He was throwing 102. He was pitching just three innings starts. They're trying to take it really easy with him since he missed most of the season due to injury. But he was touching 102 in his third inning, about 30, 40 pitches in, touching 102 on the gun. I talked to uh, A's farm director Ed Sprague yesterday at the game. And we, the thing is, it's crazy about that. He throws 102, but it's not a lot of swing and misses on his 102. Uh, but the stuff's there. He needs to work on the off-speed stuff. It's it's still kind of hittable. It still kind of hangs. But you get away with it a little more in the fall league you're still facing guys who are probably more like low A, the A, the double A talent. If he can somehow harness all that, but he actually could be a bullpen piece, I think, maybe opening day next season, unless they want to go, unless they want to be a starter, which I think they probably do with the stuff he has. I mean, you're throwing 102. I mean, that's pretty incredible. I, mean, I know everybody's talking about that. But as Scott Emerson drills into us, I need major league pitchers, not minor league throwers. What kind of pitcher is he? I mean, you can tell he's still a bit of a thrower. He said he's to get some of those stuff, mechanical stuff down right and everything else. That's why hints why he was injured a little bit. He also has a type 1 diabetes, which is kind of a weird thing to hear from a professional athlete these days. So I know he has to deal with that a little bit, watch some certain things. But yeah, if he gets some, if he works with Emo or whoever in the organization a little bit more, like I think he'll probably be in AAA to start next year. He'll probably work with Steve Connolly, who was down there uh, fall league as well. And again, he he's got the stuff. We might uh, have see him in Oakland next season for sure. Well, my daughter is a type one diabetic, so I I, I live in that world. Uh, also, former A Sam Fold. Uh, now general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, type 1 diabetic. And that was a very interesting relationship, probably what a lot of people didn't know because Bob Melvin's daughter is a diabetic, type 1 also. So Bob Melvin really was able to monitor Sam Fold. He could look at him because you know. Like you can tell when they're low. Um, uh, that's an interesting scenario. But that's definitely something that uh, – but but there's tons of athletes who are type 1 diabetics. Uh, but – you know, that's one thing that we have talked about, uh, Will, is that, you know, there's been a lack of velocity inside the organization. So, you know, when a guy throws that hard, you have the ability to move him around in a lot of different situations. I just think a plus for the organization to, to get another arm like that in it because that's the type of arm we've definitely been lacking. Oh, I mean, we talked about it last year in San Jose at that game we were at. Uh, yeah. San Jose was having guys coming out throwing like 98, 99, just number of flamethrowers repeatedly, repeatedly. All the A's guys are throwing at most maybe 91, 92 tops, and we're getting crushed around the yard. So, I mean, yeah, we've we've said it many a time, either on the phone or just talking at the ballpark. We it was nice to see some power arms starting to get in the organization here. All right, who else you like? 
Uh, De- I mean, the one you're going to have on later, probably next week, Denzel Clark. That kid is a phenomenal talent. He's actually a phenomenal outfielder. He's made a, he made a couple of miraculous catches when I was down there at the Arizona Fall League. The strikeout rate's a little still kind of high, so that the eye's not there yet. He struck out a lot in Stockton. He struck out a lot in Lansing. He missed some time. That's why he was at Fall League. He only had four walks compared to 16 Ks, but again, has a little bit of pop, but his defense is something that's definitely going to get him to the show. Has a can of an arm. It could Basically, what Reddick looked like in 2012 is something that Denzel Clark could do now in Oakland or wherever he's at next season, probably starting off in double-A Midland. Well, the one thing that stands out is athleticism and size. 6'5". I mean, this is a this is a big athlete with big time potential. As I said, his agent says I'll state uh, I'll state my career on this kid. And uh, Mark O'Brien has been in the Bay Area and been around baseball circles for a long time. So when he says something like that, it, it you, you take it to heart. Oh, I guarantee you do. And also, a fun fact about him: his mother was an Olympic athlete for Canada. Yes, yeah, sprinter. Sprinter, yes, sir. Yeah. So he's got the genes. He, he's got some, he's got so he, he can run. If he, I mean, he had a, he had two inside the park home runs during high A in the same week. I actually think even the same game he had an inside the park home run during the fall league as well. So I mean, that guy can motor. He he's like he basically he's like Adam Rosales, but not just doing a home run sprint. He could just do it inside the park home run himself. It's awesome. Who else did you like? Uh, Lawrence Butler, somebody that's very highly touted, who's probably going to have to get protected here on the 40-man roster this week since he would be Rule 5 eligible if he is not put on it. Uh, good. Again, he in 2021 in Stockton, he struck out a lot. His plate discipline was terrible. This year he started kind of harnessing it a little bit, and then the fall league he actually walked more than he struck out, which is quite a hard talent to do with some of those flame throwers you do see in the fall league and also the way some of those pitchers uh, – don't know where the heck the ball is going. It may come at your head, so you may accidentally swing out to get out of the way. But he's got some decent pop, good outfielder, good range, and just an overall fun, energetic kid. If you saw a lot of the stuff on the Fall League social media, man, that guy has a darn good time, tries to keep the game loose, fun, and wants everybody to get involved in it for sure in the clubhouse. All right, so, you know, your time being down in the minor leagues, working in it, following it, where we are now, where is your confidence in these young A's players to be able to get to Oakland and help the ball club. Some may be this coming season, 2023. Some may be 2024, 2025. But where is your confidence that there is help on the way? A lot of these kids now, like Geloff's the guy you'll see next season, I think for sure. Mason Miller you'll see next year. Next year for sure. Like JT Ginn, he's not far away. He's one of the guys we got, I believe, in the Chris Bassett trade. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I can't pronounce this guy's last name to save my life, which is unfortunate. I need to do a little better. Like Colin, Colin Pulse, he's another guy we got in that uh, we drafted. Another decent arm, kind of a kind of a crafty righty, but his stuff's pretty good. He's probably about two years away. I'd say most of the guys who are down here, if they do make it, are within a year or two away for sure. Well, Stott, starting in the World Series for the Philadelphia Phillies, was down in the Arizona Fall League last year. So you don't know one guy who I'm bullish on. Because I just look at family history and how he grew up, Soderstrom. Um, I played against his dad, Steve, uh, who was an All-American at Fresno, and he got a cup of coffee with the San Francisco Giants. And then what they have there in the Valley in the baseball school that uh, Tyler's been growing up playing with kids far above his age. 
Uh, he is one of these kind of like prodigy kids who is, I think we see him next year. I want to see him next year. I do not care what his driver's license says. I don't care how old he is. Yeah, Look at all these other organizations. They're bringing up 20 and 21. They're bringing up 20 and 21, and these kids are coming up balling. I think Tyler Soderstrom can be one of those kids. I want my own. I want my own J-Rod. That's who I want. I, I agree with you, buddy. Absolutely. No, he's one of those where he – Get him, get him away from behind the plate because I think you're really wasting him back there. He's probably a good first baseman or outfielder type. First base for sure, he'd probably do a solid job at. Seen him a few games there. He's got the range to do what he needs to do. And that bat, yeah, he may struggle at first when he gets to the big leagues. I mean, he struggles pretty much every level he's been to. He struggles initially for like the first little bit, and then all of a sudden he goes on a tear. And I mean, I mean, he had 30 home runs combined between high A, double A, and triple A last season. We need that kind of bat in the lineup. And like you said, we need kind of our own uh, – J-Rod kind of player, and I think Soderstrom could be somebody like that. I mean, maybe not as great as J-Rod, but very close. Uh, everybody seems that – am I, am, I, am I overstating this, Cody? About what? Seems like everybody's got one. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Braves have several of them. Strider, the Bra- Bra- Braves Harris, have a third of their Grisham. lineup is under 22 years old, for God's sakes. Yeah, they're pretty much going to fill in uh, once it's Anzi Swanson's gone. No, we'll just put uh, Vaughn Grisham at shortstop. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, all these other teams, they're bringing up guys. They'll bring up guys from Double A to the big leagues. Something we haven't done in a long time. I mean, this is the trend. The time is now. Let let yeah. We had Jim Leland on the program, smoking Jim, and he talked about, hey, you bring a guy up and you give him a taste. If he struggles, you send him back down. Because we hear all the time the whole same tired act from old baseball people going, well, you know, you send him down and it's confidence. Jim Leland said, if the guy's legit, you'll send him back down, he'll figure it out, and he'll be back. If he's not legit, he was never coming back anyway. I mean, look at Seattle this year. They sent Jared Kelnick down. He came back up, and he was a major contributor in their playoff push. So, I mean, sometimes the guys just need kind of that little kick in the you-know-what to get him uh, to figure it out and maybe tell him, like, hey, you're not, your talent can get you places, but you need to actually study, do go to the go to the hitting room, go to the weight room, do what you got to do to make sure you can be a successful big leaguer. All right, what, what do you have in store here for – what does right field will, new boots on the ground for the A's? Are you still doing Stockton next year? Uh, I'll still be in Stockton for sure next year. Absolutely. I should be doing about 20 to 30 games next year on the PA for the Stockton board. It's a Banner Island ballpark. Beautiful facility. Everybody should come check it out for sure. Uh, and then still be out in right field, waving my flag, hanging with everybody out there, and living the good life, man. Work hard, play hard. What What are the plans in the offseason, the holiday plans? Uh, right now, I mean, heck, I'm going to go to a San Jose Barracuda hockey game tonight. Hey, go check that out, too. Texas U Arena, beautiful new facility for the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, and then just a lot of hockey, Thanksgiving stuff with family and friends. And then celebrate another year getting older. Woohoo! And uh, probably some more uh, good drinking along the way as well. By the way, I hear the PA announcer for the Barracuda stinks. Yeah, I don't know. She offered me free tickets once. I, 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 it's just, I, I haven't been to a game. I've just heard the PA is rough. It's a tough listen. <laughs> That's, how, that's, uh, the, that's the scouting report. I guess we're going to have to go and find out. I just, You're going to have to go and find out, buddy. I mean, I, I personally, I think it's not bad. I've heard it's rough. I mean, really rough. Rough. <laughs> but I don't know. I'll have to check it out. All right. Boots on the ground. We'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely, Townie. 
Commander, have a good one, guys. Thank you very much. The great right field will right here on A's Cast Live. You know, you need hope. What are the two things that we sell on this program? Uh, entertainment and hope. How long have you been here? Uh, well, hope. We one. sell hope and worry. <laughs> That's the two things we sell here. Hope <laughs> and worry. Right now, we're selling hope. We're selling hope. There's, um, and you know what? We got some kids. Bring the damn kids up. What are they saying in baseball? Let the kids play. Well, let's let the kids play. Uh, the pitcher that Will was thinking, I think it's Colin Palouse is who he's thinking. He said he couldn't say it. Please yeah. call him. Yeah. Um, there are teams that have a lot of. Wander Franco was a great example of a guy that's young, and look what he's doing. He's 16 years old. Yeah, and he he's making how much money now? Over I mean, 100 million. Yeah, it's close to 200 million after his options. There's teams that are calling these guys up. That that Detroit called up Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson. Although Torkelson struggled. Riley Green made some incredible catches this he, year. He's got he's that wiry, left-handed kind of guy. Yeah, with the lefty glove. You know, there, there's a lot of teams that made have have done that this year. Bryson Stott was one. I mean, he's still young. He's only 21. I, he was in the World Series. Yeah, guy uh, was in the Fall League and then in the World Series. Oh, that Jeremy Pena kid's pretty good. I no, mean, I don't think he's going to work. I, out. I know he's 25. That's a I old. told you, I. I said it on this show, the biggest problem they're going to have, it will be the downfall of the Astros. Carlos Correa leaving will ruin that team. And whoever this Jeremy Pena kid will not be able to. Scott Boris agrees with me. The Astros are not as good without Carlos Correa. Pena will struggle. Oh, I sent that thing to you yesterday. Where's my phone at? Oh, it's so disgusting. Uh, Let me find it real quick. Um but what what Dior and Louis Vuitton or whatever? Yeah, hold on. Let me get the exact quote. I don't I don't want to misquote our good friend and friend of the program, Scott Boris. Boris yesterday said there are a lot of oh, that's the Pixar one. Scott Boris calls Carlos Correa the Dior of defense, the Louis Vuitton of leadership, and the Prada of the postseason. <laughs> so there you go. That's what Scott Boris had to say. Then he did a whole thing about Brandon Nemo and con- comparing it to Pixar and finding Nemo. So it was uh, that's Boris at his best at the winter at the uh, GM meetings yesterday. Do you think they like him there? I'm going to go probably not. I mean, I, let, maybe I mean there might be some GMs that are close with him or know him well. And they have well, he and Billy are buddies, but they've been doing this a long time. But I mean, if you're like a, if you're a GM, do you really want to deal with him? Probably not. No. I mean, can you imagine you just? I mean, you just let you. You know what he you know you know what screams over his head like if there was a sign over his head pain in the you know what that's what just like it just I mean when we think about think about the conversations we've had them on this show please you uh, please talk about the the Japanese thing <laughs> we could do you have that handy I have uh it's not on this computer but it, you want to know what's like to do with Scott Boris if you have it handy. I'll see if I can find it. I don't know if we have it. I mean, it is just like, I wish we would have been on video at that point if we would have had Ace Cast Live on YouTube and Twitter at that point. It, it's at like literally, it would have been interesting to see what the camera, what our faces would have looked like as he kept rambling about literally nothing. I mean, I, can you imagine having this conversation? Uh, I don't have it. It's on the old. It's on our old computer. It's on my flash drive. I'm it was sure. a simple question. Matt Chapman, free agency, Oakland. 
go. Next thing you know, he's <laughs> rambling for five minutes about Major League Baseball playing games in Asia and having Major League Baseball teams in Japan. <laughs> and I, I remember just sitting here like jaw open going, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> you like you like immediately flipped the conversation from getting I get it. You don't want to answer the Matt Chapman. That could be 30 seconds, move on. He went into the Pacific Rim. <laughs> Not the movie, the actual Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Like, what are you talking about? We're gonna have teams in Tokyo? Like what what does this have to do with Matt Chapman playing for the Oakland Athletics? You crazy old man! What? Are you, how old is Boris? Uh, He's see. up there now. Also, I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, we, we were talking about Sham and I come back to the Ace. Did not know that his agent was Scott Boris. Boris is seventy. Yep. I mean, just turned seventy. He's a just birthday after mine. Rambling. It's funny. He has no gray hair, and he's seventy, huh? Funny how that works. Um, he just ages well. I'm telling you, I, I was. Just, I wish we had for it. It was the most convoluted, crazy answer. And we knew the whole time Matt Chapman's not coming back. It's not. I know everybody's like, you're going to trade Matt Chapman. Thank God. I mean, can you imagine giving him $200 million? No one's going to ever give that guy $200 million. There's going to be 30 cent, too. No. And, he's not, and he's not hitting 62 home runs like Aaron Judge did. No chance. Um, yeah, but it's crazy. And to see him at the winter meetings, like, I don't want to. I don't. You, you, you know you know who Carlos Correa reminds me of, and I hate to say this, and don't anybody take this personally. It reminds me a little bit of Ricky Henderson without the numbers, without the greatness. It's just always, there's always going to be wants and needs. Correa is becoming that guy. And when I watched, you loved it. The difference between kind of you and me, you watched Carlos Correa and you thought, this is fascinating television, right? Are you talking about him on TBS? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was good. And I agree with you. I thought it was good. But I also watch it, and what do I see? Pain in the ass, just like Boris, screaming. Well, that is his agent. That's what I see. That's what I see. And what happens with guys like that? What happens with guys that are never satisfied? What happens with guys that are always complaining about money? It's always about money. Because you sat there and you were like, look at everything he's talking about. He's right. But everything he talked about was about money. Everything he talked about was, I tell the players what front offices want. And that's how you get paid. Everything for Carlos Correa came back to money. Yeah, when he was talking about, well, we don't look at batting average. He's talking about weighted runs created plus. And Why? Because he's talking about how they evaluate players and money. That's all he's thinking about. That's all. And you know what? Some of you may say, yeah, get paid. I agree. I want to get paid. You want to get paid. Well, but at some point, go back to Ricky Henderson. Why did Ricky Henderson, especially in his prime, and his great year, I mean, the first, I mean, what do you want? I mean, he had a good how many years? Before Ricky just became old. Ricky was a was a 
valuable asset to any team for a good, I don't know, 15-plus years? I would say 15 was first year was 70. So, 79 until about like in the mid-90s. So, yeah, about 15 or so. Guy should have been on one team his entire career. He's one of the greatest players to have ever played the game. How many teams did he play for? Nine. Nine. Nine different teams. Sandy Alderson told us at the winter meetings, which we will be going back to the same site, the Manchester Hyatt in beautiful San Diego. We will be at the winter meetings covering all the action for you. NEA signing, NEA's move, we will have it for you. Mark Kotze will be with us. David Force will be with us. Uh, we'll track down Billy O, Billy Owens. I heard Billy Bean will be there. Well, Billy, we had Billy last time. We'll track down Billy Bean, kicking and screaming. I already have 29 emails ready to go to other teams. I'll be just knocking on his door. Billy, come on. It's your turn. I don't want to do it. Come on, Bill. We'll get him down. We'll get Billy Bean down. And we'll have everybody else. But, it- but Sandy Alderson told us. That there was like hat that they got the room together with the A's. They lost in '88 to the Dodgers. It's now '89. They need some help. They want to win the World Series. And half the room said no. We don't want him back. And it was like you would have thought what he said was kind of breaking, but whatever, it didn't break. I did include in the Ricky documentary, Vincent. I worked on though. It's in there. Sandy Alderson basically said, we sat in a room, got everybody together, yay or nay on Ricky Henderson coming back to the A's. This is Ricky in his prime. The very next year would be the most valuable player of the American League. They still had to weigh whether he was worth bringing back. Ricky Henderson has aged his career and who he was in his career has aged like a fine wine. All those things that went with Ricky Henderson have not followed him later in his career. I do know this. Ricky still is the same guy. To this day, I know of a deal recently, Ricky Henderson, it ended up not going because Ricky was haggling over money from an unbelievable source. Do you really want to be that guy? I mean, Ricky... Ricky doesn't need money. Ricky is well off. But still, we'll haggle, and that's just who he is. But it costs you, once again, instead of playing for one team his entire career, played for nine. I know your favorite is Mariner Ricky Henderson. More of a Red Sox. <laughs> I'm trying to think mine. Met. Met. New York. Well, that's the first time I interviewed Ricky was when he was with the Met. I've told you that story, right? Yeah. Glen Allen Hill right next door is firing up a cigarette. And, I, I mean, seriously, you want to go back? What year was that? That was in the late 90s. Was Candle, like, it was at Candlestick Park. That's yeah. how old it was. It was like 98, 99. First time I interviewed Ricky Anderson, right next to him, Glen Allen Hill from Santa Cruz lights up a cigarette. <laughs> now, today you would think, I mean, can you imagine if a player in 2022 lit up a cigarette in the clubhouse? No, I can't. What? What? I call Steve Vucinich. What would happen if a player lit up a cigarette? I know what you're talking about. In Moneyball, Vuce is smoking cigars around the clubhouse. That, that was twenty years. That was 20, over twenty years. That was actually twenty years ago. In the movie, it was ten years ago. <laughs> what would happen now if I walked in 
What happened if I walk in, middle of the clubhouse, and just light up? I mean, Glenn Allen Hill, we're doing an interview, just, and he sat there and listened to the interview and just smoked a cigarette. That's how the culture was of Major League Baseball back in the day. There's still one of the greatest Super Bowl pictures of all time. Is uh, What was the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl? Was that Super Bowl three against? Uh, now Super Bowl three was Raiders Packers. Is when the Lenny Dawson and the and the Chiefs beat the Green Bay Packers. What's Super Bowl four. Super Bowl four. It's one of the greatest pictures of all time. You can find it online on a steel foldout chair at halftime. Hall of Fame quarterback Lenny Dawson is smoking a cigarette and drinking a fresca. It's one of the greatest photos in the history of professional sports. Halftime right now. Now guys are getting IVs, painkillers, doing everything they can to play. Lenny Dawson is smoking a cigarette and drinking a cola, a fresca cola at halftime of the Super Bowl. My oh my, have things changed. Yeah, that was about 50 years ago. But late 90s, I'm interviewing Ricky Henderson, and Glenn Allen Hill's just puffing away at a cigarette. But that, once again, we'll get into that. Carlos Correa, that's who he kind of reminds me of. Now it's now it. You now know everything's about money. Everything. I'm going to give you a warning about Carlos Correa. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And I think you're going to agree with me. And Justin Verlander, all coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Oakland Athletics Spring Training is right around the corner, and you can be part of the excitement. Get your tickets now and plan ahead for a fun-filled trip to Mesa, Arizona this spring. Pack the sunscreen, bring your friends, pick up some ballpark classics, and watch your green and gold get ready for the regular season. Get your tickets today to see the Athletics take on the Giants, Padres, Cubs, Dodgers, and more. Tickets are on sale now at athletics.com spring. That's athletics.com spring. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. You know what? I got out over my skis on that one. I got a little excited about ripping an Astro. And 
My apologies. More importantly, in my hand. And this is all you're going to need. How much for Aaron Judge? Rankings, contract projections for the top 50 MLB free agents. Kylie McDaniel from ESPN. This is your guide to free agency. I have printed it out. It's 21 pages. You also have all the notables. Kylie, we're covered. I don't need anybody else, right? I haven't seen it in paper before, but I trust that that's what that is. <laughs> that's what this is. I got it. I knew you're coming on today. I, I I told I told Cody. I said, you know what? Everybody's gonna come out with their version. I'm thinking I'm covered all the way. in San Diego. I will be using this at the winter meetings. You'll run you'll run up to David Force and be like, hold on, there's three other names here in the outfield list that I like a little better than that guy. What, what were you thinking? Yeah, I'll just update it. It's like wherever Danzy Swanson goes, I'll like put where he the re-sign where he goes, and I'll be like, Hey David, uh my source I'll, I'll go my source. My source tells me there's guys still available. What the hell's going on? Yeah. What's I mean, I that's what I would suggest everyone do. So you're really you're setting a good example for everyone else out there. All right. I mean, I'm already over the Aaron Judge, but um, I know that's going to play out until he signs. And it kind of reminds me of when we were at the winter meetings last because it was the last one. Uh, We were also down in San Diego when the big free agent was Garrett Cole. Our set, and I'm assuming will be very similar, our set was right next to the Yes Network. And when it was official that Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees, you would have thought that we cured cancer with all of the hoopla that was around the Yes Network and the craziness. But I have a feeling that's where we're heading again. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to be for. But if it's at the winter meetings, whoever is the winner of the Aaron Judge sweepstakes, boy, that is going to be the news. Well, that's actually, I don't know, I'm curious what you guys think about this, because I've been asking around, uh, I know a lot of agents and, and writers uh, on our staff at ESPN and people in front offices have been asking me, like, who's going to sign first? Like, we all we all have our thoughts that are all generally similar uh, on who's going to get what and how many years and how much money and what teams are interested and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, we might be right, we might be wrong, but everyone's got, like, similar notes on that. Um, but who's, like, first out of the gates? Who's the Seeger and Simeon of this year? Who are the Rangers of this year? Uh, Steve Cohen just going to spend like a drunken sailor and sign seven guys before anybody else does anything. <laughs> like that seems to be like the big question right now, because you could argue that the Aaron judge like sweepstakes, which is obviously like sort of the big like headline here. Uh, it could be three or four teams for a couple of months throwing back numbers. And then, you know, maybe Nemo has to sign first to like take out the other outfield option and maybe even Benintendi and some of these other guys so that some teams that have three options are now down to one option and it's judge. And so he might, want to wait i think carlos correa would like to um be able to set some precedent so i think he'll probably wait um but i i'm kind of curious if you guys have any any, any feelings because i'll have my guesses and I, I put some in the you know all the paper you uh, printed out there uh if somebody's going to come off the board more quickly than some of these other guys well i'll tell you this from out where we are it's very obvious that the san francisco giants are very insecure because what has happened with the giants is they did not get a bump off that 107-win season, right? They, they've they lost season ticket holders. This year was a dud after that year. You've had the Padres pass them. Dodgers still own them. And there is a whole lot of criticism 
in our area from the Giants fan base, which, you know, they were all riding high with those World Series. But now the fan base is like, hey, listen, you have all this money and you haven't signed anybody. Where's our stars? Where's our Barry Bonds? Buster Posey's gone. So for me, they're putting themselves in, in really in a tough situation. They've let it leaked out that it doesn't matter how much money. We will not be outbid by Judge. Well, if Judge signs with the Yankees, Monument Park, want to live there forever next to Babe Ruth, Derek Jeter, and those guys, the Giants are on record saying they're not going to be outspent. Their, fine, their fan base is going to be like, okay, you didn't get Judge, who'd you go get? And now they're going to almost almost maybe be forced to go spend a lot of money on a player maybe they don't love. So for me, I think the San Francisco Giants are a team from what they've been leaking out that you've been – they're insecure about being called cheap. I think they got to make moves, and they got to make moves fast because they're very, very – they're an organization that is always very, very worried about the temperature of their fan base and how the fan base looks at them. Now, do you think that messaging could be, we don't want to spend $300 million on anybody, but we want the messaging out there that we're not afraid of that, even though we're not going to do it. Our ceiling on judges, let's say 280, some number that's not going to get it done. And what we really want to do, if you look at these sort of Anthony DiSclefani and Gaussman and Rodon and Alex Wood and Alex Cobb and all these guys they've signed, I think if they're going to spend money, they'd rather get you know, two guys at 80 million and then like three guys at 40 million. Like it kind of makes me wonder is, are they just going to ramp up what they've been doing a notch or two, but not go up to that $300 million thing? Or do they just realize what they're doing? Cause I, I mean, I've gone on San Francisco radio to talk about this. When I ranked like who has the best core for the next three years, they were in the bottom five. Like it's like Logan Webb and maybe Joey Bart, depending on what you feel about him and some guys that are in a ball is like pretty much all they got. It's all a bunch of veterans and guys whose contracts are expiring and things like that. So it, I mean, this isn't an, overnight fix job but you can fix next year's team and probably the next couple of years of the team if you sign three or four players Aaron Judge doesn't fix that on his own and I don't no. think they're going to spend 600 million dollars and just go sign the three best free agents so I kind of wonder in what direction is that rhetoric going to lean I would tend to think it's let's keep it under 150 guaranteed to any one player but let's get two or three guys at that 50 to 150 level and then go down to the the bargain shopping we've done in the past and then, you know, let's see how we go from there. Like, it's hard to believe that they would just do an about face this quickly into like having success one year and then having things not go well one year. Let's just change what we're doing. Like, that, that seems drastic to me, but you could support it. I mean, it would make sense. I think there's two different two different factions. I think there's Farhan, who wants to run it one way, and then there's Larry Bear, who runs the ship. He needs a star. So I think there's I mean, two probably like the way Sabian ran things, which would be a Dave Dombrowski version, or let's go, yeah. let's go sign the best guy, or you know, I think there's they're, they're they're, do it in a similar way. I think there there's gonna be a little, you know, but what they open themselves up to, if Judge re-signs with the Yankees, they can come out and how do you fact check it and say, We offered him the most money, he just turned us down. So I mean you see it in multiple sports. I think there are teams that want to be perceived, whether it's true or not. Uh, to finish second in a certain derby. Um, there were some people that thought that the Braves didn't want to sign Freddie Freeman, and they just wanted to make it seem like they didn't push him out the door. They wanted to be close. They didn't want to offend anybody. They didn't want the fans to get mad, but they wanted to trade for Matt Olson and let Freddie go. And, you know, 
that, that may or may not be the case, but I think we all know examples where like it immediately five minutes after a guy signs, it's like, Oh, this team was 10% below it. They were in the mix. They just couldn't quite do it. It's like, eh, you could, if you wanted to, I kind of wonder if that's going to be the giants on judge. So I just looking around at teams, I think LA LA ended with a really sour note. I mean, it was a really sour note. Uh, and they've got a lot of question marks. I think they, I think they would like to put a good taste in their fan base's mouth. San Diego, I don't know what kind of wiggle room they have right now. They, they've spent a lot. My God, I was looking the other day. They're paying Hosmer, what, $43 million to play for the Boston Red Sox? Who are the Boston Red Sox anymore? We call them well, the – I was going to – we call them talking the, about Arhan, we, like I, I think both he and Hein Bloom want to run things a certain way, and I don't know if the powers that be in both places will let them do it that way or if they're going to put their finger on the scale in the way that, like, you know uh, – the boss used to when Cashman was in charge and he was around with the Yankees where it was like, yeah, do what you want to do, but sign Rafael Soriano to a four-year deal. And then eventually Cashman started letting people know, I don't want to sign this guy, but like, here he is. Congratulations. <laughs> and that's when you knew like Cashman was getting some juice there to eventually be the guy making all the calls. Cause it was like, can you like sit there and tell everyone the owner made me do this while the player's sitting there? But like, you know, he kind of did that. We like to call them the Boston Rays. Cause that's how yep. they're run. Right. They're not. And, and and there was a great article about Dave Dombrowski, who's still pissed. And there's a lot of people in baseball who still do not like the way that Dave was done by the Boston Red Sox. Okay, so he wins you World Series. You then usher him out. Now you bring in the wonder kid, Hein Bloom. Hein Bloom's won nothing. And here you are a few years later, kind of the same way in San Francisco. You know, Brian Sabian was here a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, he was the second longest tenured guy just behind Bean and Cashman. You ushered him out. Farhan's won nothing. So all of a sudden, you want to go with the smarter, younger guy who's going to be able to wonder boy, but you haven't won anything. I mean, how how long is this leash for – and I got family members who are Red Sox season ticket holders. I mean, you're paying the most money. You're paying big prices. I mean, how long do you want to be run like the Rays if you're the Boston Red Sox when you've now gotten used to winning World Series? Well, and I think the I think the aim was to copy what his former colleague Andrew Friedman did in L.A., which is take what the Rays do, have that efficiency, and then apply it to a big market with a bunch of money. And I think people kind of forget that Friedman did it, but it took a couple of years. They had to like take on a bunch of bad contracts. They had to try to you know sort of try in vain to be a really good team, and then like two or three years later, they figured it out. And I mean, Steve Cohen said like, oh yeah, the Dodgers are a model franchise. I think everyone's trying to copy that. And they think plucking executives from the race tree is the best way to do it, which is probably right. Not, not knowing the future. Like, yeah, why don't you go to guys that have worked with the guy that's done the thing that you're trying to copy. Um, But if, if I'm trying to implement like sort of a process oriented, we're going to win the efficiency Olympics, et cetera, et cetera. I'd rather be in Pittsburgh or Milwaukee or Oakland or some places where there's not going to be 14 beat writers yelling at you at the start of every homestand about like how you're not winning enough um, because that matters. And, and not to like pivot this to another sport, but the owners of the Red Sox also in Liverpool uh, over in the English Premier League and the exact same stuff is happening over there where they had a great run, turned the team around, won a bunch of stuff that they hadn't won in a while, again, broadly similar to the Theo Epstein Red Sox. And now all the teams owned by essentially Middle Eastern oil money are spending like drunken sailors against Steve Cohen, some of the same stuff going on. And Liverpool's trying to be very prudent and we have a budget and we got to stick to it and we have a process. And so when they lose because they have like one one or two players that are, you know, have left or have gotten older and they haven't replaced them, all the fans are like, wait, I thought we were as good as those teams. They're like, no, no, we were as good as them for a couple of years. That's about the best we can do. <laughs> and now the rumor is that 
that they're looking to sell the team in Liverpool so they can buy an NFL team. Um, but that's, you know, the same kind of thinking is in charge of both teams and the fan bases are experiencing the same sort of, I don't want to say outrage, but frustration. But you also, like, unless you're in college football, you can't just win every year. Uh, like, these pro sports are set up to have some parity built in. And so if you want to do the Dombrowski thing, like, it might be really ugly two years later. And that's part of the deal. Like, the Marlins, you could argue, have done it in both the best and worst way, where they just won a World Series every five years and then are embarrassing in the interim. And it's like, well, I guess that's – I guess you take that rather than five, you know, first-round exits in the playoffs. I'd rather have a ring. Uh, but that's, like, a, that's a meaningful conversation to have. And I think every owner feels a little bit differently about that conversation. Could the Rangers be the first sprinter out of the gate to start signing people? Yeah, that's the question is who is who is motivated enough to do it? And Texas is uh, with John Daniels being gone and Chris Young being the decision maker there. Uh, the question is, is that now on the heels of what happened last year? Is it now a slightly different look, a little more urgency? Got to put his stamp on the team with him specifically. Do they have enough sort of momentum and motivation to then do it again? The buzz I've been hearing is they're looking to make value trades, uh, kicking the tires on a lot of guys. I'm sure they got some money to spend. I don't think they're going to go nuts again. Um, I kind of assume if someone's going to do something rash or sign someone for more than we're expecting very quickly, I assume it's either going to be Brandon Nemo with the Mets, answering the question I was asking you guys earlier, or Bloom with, um, with Xander Bogarts. Because I think Cohen wants to not lose a step and then stay ahead. And so you need to be proactive when you have so many guys that are free agents. I think they have like five or six core guys. And the Red Sox are just, I mean, they're not quite in the spot that the Giants are in where they like just don't have a core for the next three, four years. But like the talent base is down and they lost bets. They lost that trade. Uh, Devers extension isn't coming together. They gave money to Story, which now looks like a pretty bad idea in light of how the other negotiations have gone. Like, I think they're motivated to do that quickly in the same way that Cohen is motivated to do some things quickly. So those would be the guys that keep an eye on to maybe be in the next, you know, couple of weeks. I think we'll see like our first like high eight figure or nine figure signing. Those are the guys I think are most likely. Um, but all that to say, uh, I don't think anybody really knows other than maybe Scott Boris and a couple owners, like how the how this early going is going to play out. Would you bet? Because I, no. I, 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 no. Uh, my <laughs> kids' college tuition, would you bet? Aaron Judge leaves New York, or does he stay in New York? Which that means there's two teams there, obviously. Would you bet he's playing next year in New York, or would you bet he's outside of New York? I would say it's close to 50-50, Yankees versus the field. If you made me bet, I would say Yankees. And I think when you can can piece together the Giants, the Dodgers, maybe Texas, like some of these teams that have some money and some motivation, uh, I think they could all – offer compelling um, packages, but I think Brian Cashman will match anything up to 325, maybe even more than that. And I think Judge would rather stay in New York if all things being equal. So the question is, is somebody going to blow the Yankees out of the water at a number that they can't justify? Could it be Steve Cohen? Uncle I, I Steve! I think it's unlikely that it plays out that way. I would say it's maybe a 25% chance that somebody just blows the Yankees out of the water to a number that they can't consider doing. It It, it has no bearing on us, so I would just love to see it. I would just love it would to be see for baseball. right to see Uncle Steve write the big check, and you know because they're all they're always going to battle each other for headlines. They're always going to be battling each other inside that market and the Northeast for business and sponsorship and everything. To watch the Mets take a Yankee great who just broke the AL record home run would just it'd be mind blowing. It'd be great for our sport. Well, and also, like, if you were to ask just, like, a very casual baseball fan, 
that's you know been around my entire lifetime like you know my dad or someone's dad like what, what do you think were the you know the glory years the most exciting time to be a baseball fan and i think they would talk about like the that sort of yankees braves uh head-to-head like sherholtz versus the um uh the old boss and like all that kind of stuff or it was just sort of you know teams in smaller markets maybe don't love that it's the big marquee teams battling every year and all that kind of thing but like having an irrational owner that just wants to spend money because yeah. of his ego and like just firing people left and right, like might not be great to work there. It might be a little like traumatic to watch it from the outside as like a fan, but like that's exciting. And like, if you think about like, what's like, you know, leading sports center or just sort of sports conversation any given day, it's typically the NFL and the NBA because the individual personalities of the star players that drive the NBA and the quarterbacks that drive the NFL, uh, those things are taking over. And Aaron Judge is probably the biggest name in baseball, especially since Jeter, A-Rod, Poppy, like that whole group who happen to all be Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, since they all retired, he's been sort of pointed at as like, well, Mike Trout doesn't love the spotlight and none of these pitchers can stay healthy. And like, he might be the next guy. And like having a giant bidding war and going to the Mets, uh, and, you know, meeting the Yankees in the World Series or, you know, something like that. Uh, I mean, that would be about the way you'd want to draw it up to get the most interest in the sport. Looking on your list, I see a lot of pitchers and these names stand out, but you don't like their ages. So when I start looking at the DeGrom, Kershaw, what do you think about these 30-something-year-old pitchers that are free agents? And, yeah, Verlander, who's 40. Uh, yeah. You got Kodai Senga, who's coming from the MPB, who hasn't pitched in the big leagues. So while he's 30 and offers some tantalizing upside, uh, you've never seen him against big league hitters before, only in, like, very small circumstances. I, I tend to think that DeGrom is going to get that Scherzer deal from last year, plus a little extra, and you're just going to hold your breath and hope that he pitches a little more often than he has the last couple of years. But I think everyone rec- recognizes that he is the best pitcher in baseball on any by inning basis amongst starters. Uh, and if you can get over hundred innings, then you're probably getting whatever you're paying him. Uh, but you don't always get that. And uh, he talking can to get over hundred innings. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> like... <laughs> but if you look at it, it's like, if he's going to average 40 million a year, and a win is worth you know roughly 10 million you need a four win season like him throwing like 120 innings might be a four win season oh my god <laughs> so like as dumb as that sounds like that's how good he is and uh that i you know that you're looking at like verlander coming off of a you know a, a cy young and a tj he's 40 i think he's obviously regressed some i know some of the analyst types have told me that like his pitch metrics are not quite as good as they used to be Obviously, he just won a World Series and a Cy Young, so he's not, like, falling off dramatically. But he's also 40, and he just, like, physically doesn't look the same as he used to. And, like, he might be getting $40 million a year for two years just because it's like, well, I mean, how long? You Basically, when they're that good, you have to give them one more year than you want to. And I think with DeGrom, you'd love to go two years at 40-something and be like, all right, he'll be good. But then, you know, what if he's 37 and has thrown a total of 100 innings in the last three seasons? Like, do you really want him then? Like, then it's like, well, now it's turning into like, a, you know, a Corey Kluber thing where like, once you get to a certain age, then all of a sudden the, the velo starts tailing off and you're a different kind of guy. And, if you, you know, the further down you go this list, you see some guys that were like, you know, dude dudes a couple years ago. And now they're just sort of, they're extra guys. So, yeah, I mean, there's, and then the other thing that obviously I put in that um, article is Carlos Rodon is I think the dark horse that might get the most guaranteed money out of all of these pitchers. Yeah. And his track record is basically was a huge prospect out of in college. Look, like he was going to be the number one pick by a mile. And then from his junior year in college until like two years ago, which is almost 10 years, he was just okay. And it was just sort of like below up and down injuries up and down consistency up and down. And it's basically freshman, sophomore year of college. And the last two seasons have been lights out frontline, maybe ace 
um, and he's 30. So there's a case to be made that he should get that 150, 160 that we're talking about with DeGrom as like as high as he could get. You could have multiple teams deciding that Rodon, because he is the power fastball breaking ball, potential frontline guy, that's the kind of player that teams want. Whereas, again, as I mentioned in the article, like Gaussman is fastball changeup righty, which scares a lot of teams in terms of top of the rotation, year in, year out, in the playoffs, and those tight games, they want to have that breaking ball. And Rodon is that, that mold of guy. Yeah, you got him five years, $130 million. He is going to get paid at 30 years old. Okay, two more. One, before we get to the A's question, out of this list that I have of all these guys, who do you think is the best deal? Who's the best bang for the buck? Ooh, that's a good question. Let me, uh, let me scroll through here and see if I find a guy that really lights me up. You got 50 uh, choices. Yeah, I'll give you like a sort of a, a mid-tier guy. I'll go with Zach Eflin. He's number, I think, 16, right from the Phillies. He's basically never thrown 120 innings, I believe. If he has, has been much more than that. And he's basically shown you, I've seen him all the way back to like his junior in high school. Uh, he was in Florida at the same time I was. He's shown all the pieces that he could. I think he is a perfect example of the kind of guys that the Dodgers and the Giants look for, where they got everything has been lined up, maybe a little bit of optimization, maybe just hit him at the right time, uh, maybe a little bit of a tweaking uh, of exactly when when and how he throws his pitches. I think he could be one of those like third starters that you get at a discount. Um, where some of the other pitchers in that range, it's like Ross Stripling. It's like, oh, it's going to be sinker slider. He might not even start if you make the playoffs. You know, Tyler Anderson, how long can he keep this up? Um, so I think he's the that sort of mid-tier guy that I'm interested in. And then as you go down toward the bottom, I tend to think Chad Green would be an intriguing investment. He may or may not pitch next season. He'll sign a two-year deal, um, and then you'll get all of the year after. And he was one of the best uh, relievers in baseball yeah. leading up to that. Uh, I've got him at two years for about $12 million, I think it was. Um, but you might be getting one of the best relievers in baseball once he comes off of that. And so I think there will be a lot of rebuilding teams looking to tie up some money on the budget this year. And then maybe when they're competitive next year, I think the Rangers and looking at you um, to be able to sort of shift some of that rather than just getting a free agent for this year and spending this year's money and improving this year's team. If you're going to win 72 games, it's not really accomplishing very much. If you can get a guy that'll be a dude, dude at a discount next year. Um, I think a lot of teams will be looking for that guy that won't necessarily be in the market for those one-year reliever contracts that are obviously healthy guys. All right. This is a hard question, but we, we love to play this game. It's based off the movie Moneyball when Billy Bean's writing down names and throwing them up against the the wall, and and the scouts are going, who? And Billy goes, sounds like an Oakland A already. So, on your list of free agents, you got to go way down. Trolling. Way down. We're going past 50, and you start looking at the bottom. Who sounds like an Oakland A already? All right, I got a name for you. Uh, I think I asked five executives about this guy, and I think I got five different answers, which tells me that variance, that's what you're looking for at the exactly. low dollar amount. Like, might be released, might be an all-star. That's the variance you want for Oakland. His name is Shintaro Fujinami, righty out of the NPB in Japan. Uh, throws really hard, controls just okay, but it's good, above-average stuff. He's been one of these big names that's been thrown hard since he was uh, young, coming out of college. Hasn't quite put it all together, but again, going back to some of these like Zach Eflin kind of guys, some teams think he might be a starter, and it might be two years, six million, or one of those deals like Nick Martinez and Robert Suarez did this year, where it's just like three straight player options, where as long as he doesn't shoot the moon, you just kind of keep him for four or five million dollars a year and keep rolling it over again. So I think for less than $10 million, I bet you could get a couple years and try to figure out if you could harness all this. 
because I kind of think his game, you look at a lot of the Japanese pitchers that come over, they tend to have very similar motions. They tend to be low 90s, good command, split finger. Like a lot of them do a lot of the same things. He's more of an American style pitcher where it's power. And I'm not quite sure where it's going yet. And so I think he might thrive in our game a little bit more where power is a more important aspect. And that also goes for Kodai Singa, the guy that might get $80 million. He's also fastball, splitter, command, eh, breaking ball, eh. Like there's a little bit of Kevin Gaussman to his game. Um, but I think Fujinami might be a guy for teams like Oakland, Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, those kinds of teams that are kind of diving into the bargain bin. Uh, he's got a chance to really blow up, whereas most of these guys for, you know, one year, four million. It's just like some guy that's been okay for 10 straight years. You don't want that guy. <laughs> okay. I love it. What's his name again? Shintaro Fujinami. Sounds like an Oakland A already. I love it. I, hey, because you got to admit, you know, as we're going to go to the winter meetings there, we like to tell everybody, you know, you got everybody fishing out on this pond, and then you got this other pond where we fish, and we're really good at fishing in that pond. That pond wasn't yeah. available last year with the lockout. That's what really hurt us is, like, all of a sudden, lockouts, uh, well, we got to trade these guys because they want to cut the ballpark and all that kind of stuff. But normally, that pond where we're, we're really good at finding players, like, no one knew who the hell Mark Canna was years ago. Now everybody yeah. knows Mark Canna, right? That pond wasn't available last year. It was closed. That pond's back open this year. Yeah, and there's a bunch of buy low guys in that general area. Like Mike Clevenger looked like he was going to get a ton of money. And the last two seasons, obviously had a TJ, just didn't throw strikes. Velo was down. It's just sort of like, it's not really going the right direction. But, like, I'd take a shot on that guy. If I got some money to spend, he's got some upside. Miguel Sano, another guy. Jace Peterson. Guys that either just did it last year but nobody believes them. Or they did it, but it was like two or three years ago. And you get them on a one-year deal. Like, these are all the kinds of guys that I would imagine are, you know, Oakland Day type guys. So, all of those guys, you might actually recognize some of those names, but you know, oh, yeah. who? Okay, I'll say it for you. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what the best part about it is? Now you're going to think about that, and you're going to be doing your research, and you're going to go, "Sounds like an Oakland A already." Yeah, no. <laughs> I want yeah, you to know. Yeah. No matter where I go, winter meetings, fantasy camp, uh, San Diego, Arizona, in our studio, you will be with us, my friend. The top fifty. This will be our Bible. Just in case somebody spills coffee on it. <laughs> this will be our Bible. We will write in where people go. Everybody. Highlight, dog ear, page mark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an ESPN insider. Every And you need to be an ESPN insider because that's where you get all your great baseball, your NFL stuff, NBA stuff. Everybody needs to go to ESPN.com and check this out. Top 50. It's the best in the business. Thank you so much for your time. And we'll talk to you soon. And remember, Sounds like an Oakland A already. And for another feather in your cap, the moment you started talking, my dog walked into the room and has been laying here motionless listening to you the whole time. So you got an extra listen. We soothe even animals. And the and the dog's name is Scout. So I mean, <laughs> Great stuff. Keep up the fantastic work. Yep. Thanks for having me. Kylie McDaniel from ESPN. He's great. It is. I, I'm done. I am done. Do not send me another top free agent article. I do not need another one. This has got everybody. It's got the notables. It's got it's got everybody you need. I mean, if there's not somebody on this list, then you know I don't think you want them. I mean, he's got catchers, infielders, DHs, outfielders, right-handers, lefties. I mean, what else do you need? Well, I do want to tell you there there was a trade that happened while we were while we were talking to Kylie. G-Man Choi is no longer a Tampa Bay Ray. What? He was traded to 
the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, my God. And Poor G-Man Choi. And, and another thing happened while we were there. I'm just teeing this. I'm going to get this Wait, teed up. Wait, for who? Uh, I think it's going to be a minor leaguer. G-Man Choi, who's been playing in the playoffs, battling with the Rays. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you realize how – who's next? Uh, Eno. Okay. Do we, we know. Coming up next, Eno Sirius. We'll get into all this. But I feel bad for my man, G-Man Choi. You're going from battling the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Jays to playing for the Pirates. Future's bright in Pittsburgh. I've been hearing that for 20 years. Ugh, awful. Eno, next. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. The Oakland Athletics begin spring training on February 25th. Now's the time to make plans to catch us in Mesa, Arizona, and enjoy the sunshine of your family and friends. Buy your tickets early for the best seats at the lowest prices as your green and gold take on the Giants, Dodgers, Padres, Angels, and more at Ho-Ho Cam Stadium. And Tony, it's a deep drive to right in the corner. Gritchick going back. He'll turn and watch it fly. Get your tickets at athletics.com slash spring. That's athletics.com slash spring. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. It's funny the seasons that we go through here on A's Cast Live. We have the smoking hot season where we have the air conditioner in the studio. And then we get to this time of the year where it's freezing. And rainy. And there's no insulation. We're basically in this big box. It's a sound studio. You see the sound? You can't hear outside of the studio. Like, we could be screaming in here and no one could hear. I could be stabbing Cody and no one would hear it. But it's cold. And, you know, part of the year it's air. Part of the year we're good with nothing, but then there's the air conditioning and then there's the heater time. We are in the heater time. Yeah, we're getting there. I mean, it's been raining recently too, and so that makes it a little chillier here. Uh, you know, we were talking about this before we went to break, and, you know, we're waiting on Eno to join us. Um, this has been reported out there. Um, 
that apparently the Dodgers are going to decline Justin Turner's $16 million option and pay him a $2 million buyout. Now, they apparently are still interested in bringing him back. But the first thing I think is... Sounds like an Oakland A already. You're stealing that from me. Well, I'm just telling you. Why would you not give me credit? It is your credit. I'm just saying... Uh, no, you weren't giving me credit. You were just saying... he sent. I sent this to him saying, hey, Turner's got the 16 mil option. They're going to decline it. Sounds like an Oakland A already. He was your choice. You turned it down saying, oh, no, he's third on the list. No, no he's the number one third baseman, I think. Number one? Who's going to pay him? He's like 36 years old. No, he's older than that, I think. <laughs> what is Turner? There, there's another old third baseman I thought of, and it's not him. It's uh, Evan Longori was bought out by the Giants. He also sounds like an Oakland A already. That sounds like an Oakland A, no question. Uh, Turner is 36. Turner is 37, going to be 38 later this month. Ooh, totally sounds like an Oakland A. Hey, hey, Longo's 37. So Perfect. <laughs> Are you kidding me? How about th- this is one for Eno. Opening day, do we want this guy playing first or center? Oh, um, we were just talking about this. I, probably, I'll go first. We'll go first because no, no, we're playing. We're, we're projecting that this is if Ramon Laureano does not get traded, because his name is always you got up. Pache. Pache, you have Seth Brown. What are you going to do with him? Going to be in right. Yep. So you can put this guy at first. Want a gold glove or for center field? But he wanted. No, right, well, you know what? You know what we do. You put Seth Brown in left. Pache in center, and Ramon in right. Okay, yeah. You want the strong arm in right field, for sure. Right? And then you put this guy, who could be non-tendered. Cody Bellinger. Sounds like an Oakland A already. Your opening day first baseman, because they need to find a spot for him to rehab everything. His game, his image, one-year deal. If he hits... Can trade him at the trading deadline. Uh, boy, play is open, please. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Oh, I can taste it now. A nice, cold fieldwork, even though I don't drink anymore. A nice, cold fieldwork brew and Cody Bellinger playing first base for your Oakland Athletics, you know, opening day. I mean, doesn't he just smell and sound like an Oakland A already? I'm saying center field. Okay, that's fine. We were just trying to allow Pache, Ramon. <laughs> I, wherever we're down, I'm just saying, we're, we're thinking Brown. Let's say. Well, I, that's because I like uh, Capel. Okay. So I want to go Capel, Loriano, Bellinger, Brown at first. Where's Pache? Is he in AAA? Ooh, that's fine. That's fine. Bellinger at first. So Capel, who I, you know, hook him horns. I like the Texas and the whole thing. His dad, Roger Clemens. All right, so he's in left. And we'll get Bellinger in center. We'll get Ramon in right. Seth Brown plays first base. I like it. Has he been non-tendered officially? or is No, that is that today? It's coming That's up. That's the rumor. Yeah, the rumor. It's close. Yeah, we were speculating if, if he's non-tendered. It's possible. But, you know, for me, the Dodgers, you know, one-year deal for, you know, whatever it is, $20 million, $18 million, 
you know, uh, I don't think that they will, will kind of blink at that. You know, they'll just be like, that's our defensive center fielder for next year. And, you know, after that, we're, we'll find somebody else, I guess. I don't, I don't know that, uh, I think they'll, they'll tender him, but, and then, you know, if it is the A's, uh, it, there's a question of what the money is because, you know, the arbitration sort of sets a, a level, right? So, you know, he'd be out there looking for a $10, $10 million deal or so. But I guess, you know, the, 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 the A's have done short deals like that before. Yeah. It's like Ben Sheets all over again. And, you know, I, I it's so hard Rich to believe. Hill. It's so hard to believe. Cody Bellinger was the MVP. You were thinking, well, you're going to have to pay him and Mookie bets, right? Remember that conversation? <laughs> How far he has fallen. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw some really good analysis by a person that was just hired by the Dodgers after uh, he wrote it about how uh, Bellinger's problem has more to do with his foot than his uh, shoulder, uh, that he hurt his foot recently, and that's uh, changed his swing. But I still – I'm a Cody Bellinger apologist. Like, I, I, I still see – you know, I see that in him. He had that level of production. He was an excellent player. And I think, you know, uh, just maybe a fresh voice or a fresh situation – uh, fresh approach. I think you can get it back out of him. He still has a pretty good eye at the plate. And in the past, he's hit the ball really hard. And then, you know, worst case, you know, he gives you good defense. He looks good in that all white Dodger uniform. He looked good in that all wedding gown, white A's uniform with white cleats. I would love that. All right. You have been checking it out with uh, scouts and we're talking college baseball. And I, you know, who would have ever thought that your claim to fame would be spider tack and the sticky stuff? But, man, you're on it again. We're still dealing with this. Not only We know we're still dealing with that at the big league level. However they're doing it, they're doing it. But mm-hmm. now, but they're really doing it at the amateur level. Yeah, you know, uh, I was just out of the Arizona Fall League, and it's one of my favorite places to go at this time of the year because I hang out with a bunch of scouts. You know, and I get to just hear what they're talking about. And, you know, you know, I'm the sticky stuff guy. So, of course, that's going to come up in conversation. And it could be worse. uh, You could be known for something else. Yeah, I guess. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, they they were talking about, uh, you know, when they're scouting, uh, there was a a player just picked by the the Pirates, um, you know, from Yale. And he had like a twenty eight hundred RPM fastball. And the scout had to go around and kind of ask teammates like, Hey, does he use, you know, it's cool. I I'm cool with it. If he does, you know, but could you tell me if he uses the spider tech or, you know, do you, have you ever seen him? Because uh, they need to know how legit it is and what he's going to get away with, especially if it is spider tech in particular, that one I think has been legislated out of the major league game. So then you have to, you, in your appraisal say he's throwing 2,800 RPM now, but once you take the spider tack away from him, maybe it's going to be more like 2,600 or 2,500. So that's something that you have to put in your appraisal. So it's just a difficult thing because the kids uh, are not being legislated the same way. You know, they're not, they don't have umpires out there checking their hats the same way. Uh, and they want to get noticed by the scouts and everything. So they're, you know, a lot of kids in college are still using uh, the, this pine tar and the, and the spider tack that, uh, the pros used to be using two years ago. So I brought this in, copper tone. This is what I use for golf, put on my face to not get skin cancer. And we've done the whole test, and it's like, uh, what are they doing now? Like, what what, what could they possibly – because really, I've done the test with the sunscreen. It doesn't do much. 
Like what? Yeah. What? What? What are they? What could you possibly be using now? Because like it, everybody wanted to go to Musgrove, but what Musgrove had look that looks slick. There's nothing slick that's sticky. So yeah, what, you really need sticky. Yeah, it's sticky, sticky, right? So what's sticky that they could be using that they can still hide? Well, we know that Krinchak is probably using some sort of hair gel. Um, hair gel, I think it's, you know, certain types of hair gels are pretty sticky, you know, especially as they start drying, you know. Uh, and then you take the hair gel that's kind of sticky and you put it in with the rosin. So there's something there. And then also uh, when I was doing back the, the my research for the, the original piece, uh, I was told that uh, future Hall of Famers, a couple of them, were boiling down like Coca-Cola and uh, combining that with the pine tar to get that extra stickiness. Now, what if you just boil down Sprite? Now you got something that's that's see-through, you know, that you get basically like a like a sugar paste and you've got like, you know, stri- you got you got Sprite along your neck. It's not going to smell like anything. And then if you have, you know, like... Uh, you have some hand sanitizer on your butt. It won't look like anything because it's clear. So I, I also, in my reporting for that, I'd heard about CBD oil as a, as a possible uh, use because it was sticky and it was clear. So the, the real the thing is now is just come up with something that's sticky and clear and can you can get off in time for the inspection. Well, lemon, lime, Sprite, it, are we now going to see umpires going up and sniffing guys? <laughs> sniffing, because we've already about. seen them rubbing the hair. We're going to sniff them. And if I smell lemon, lime, this guy, <laughs> is he using Sprite or is he using 7-Up? Something's wrong here. No, but I, you know, the, the, the generally the thing that was so difficult at the fall league uh, that everyone was talking about is, you know, how many changes are coming to the game this year and seem to be happening every year and how to scout for that and what to sort of anticipate. For example, you know, I've looked into this before about the shifting. So next year you can't have your, uh, your short stop on the second base side of the bag and the second baseman can't be standing out on the, on the grass. I looked at it and on the player level, it looks like maybe this guy gets six extra hits. This guy gets 10 extra hits. Maybe one guy gets 15 extra hits. Um, I thought it wouldn't be that big a deal on the player level, um, but you can find certain examples. Uh, I was cited an example of Anthony Rizzo possibly going from being a 230 hitter to being a 255 hitter just based on not having the shift. So that's a pretty big jump. And then I talked to uh, a person who works for a team that ran the numbers and said, we're going to get an extra run per game out of this. Now that's a lot of little hits adding up. If we just went, if we went from last year's runs per game, you know, four and a half or whatever, five, and we just added one to it in one year, that would be the biggest jump year over year in run environment, like ever in the history of baseball. So the, <laughs> there are some people out here being like, eh, it's a nothing burger. You know, don't worry about it. It's, you know, a couple guys would get a couple more hits, whatever. And then we have uh, another person out here saying, no, 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 this is going to be the biggest change year over year in, in league history. And that, on top of the fact that we get a new ball every year, we have the spider tack enforcement, you know, it's just become very, I think, very difficult to, to scout players. Think about um, automatic balls and strikes. You're looking, you know, I was talking to guys this week, Dr. Matt Mervis, who's a big uh, prospect for the Cubs. He, he turned his uh, career out around this last year, and he might be the first baseman of the Cubs next year. And I said, you know, uh, at, you know, you have this like walk rate goes up and down. What's going on with that? Um, and he said, well, you know, as you go up in the minor leagues, the, the, the umpire gets better, right? 
So I can actually swing less as I go up in the minor leagues because I know the umpire will actually call it a ball, right? He said, some nights I get to the park, I see who the umpire is, and I know I have to swing, right? So think about you're a scout, and you're sitting in there, and you're like, Matt Mervis has no idea where the strike zone is. He just swung at that thing and that thing and that thing. You write in your report, eh, inconsistent eye. I don't know if he's really got the plate discipline that we're looking for, right? And then the next night, the good umpire is there, and Matt Mervis is like, all right, I can let that one go. So <laughs> just think about how hard that is. In the now we've got maybe automated balls and strikes coming, or uh, th- there's a new thing that they've been doing, which is um, players can players can uh, uh, can like uh, basically challenge. Yeah. And I talked to a scout, and he said they they performed an internal survey where they asked all their players, "Would you rather have status quo, automated balls and strike, or the challenge system?" And last place was robo like on automated balls and strike that was last place tied for first was um status quo and the challenge system so that's why you're starting to hear that it's more likely that we're going to get the challenge system than we are going to get fully automated balls and strikes so i i think that's interesting because it still rewards framers on the catching end and it's and it rewards hitters that have a good sense of the zone that can say no 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 that was that was a ball check it Okay, so I love the idea of the challenge. That would bring interest. Now, we don't want to make the game longer. Uh, is this a challenge? It Would the process be different. I, the, it's gonna be different. I, the hitter, get to challenge, or does it have to come from the dugout? Uh, it's the, it has. I think it's on the field. And from what I understand, it's on the field, and the hitter or the pitcher uh, or catcher, right? Those are, those are the people that do it. And – Instead of going off to the side and being like, oh, no, 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 New York, what are we at here? Do you want to look at it from five different angles? I don't know. Yeah. Is it, do we got something? It's not that. They throw it up on the screen and everybody sees it. Ooh, I love that. I kind of like that. I and it's like over. that. Drama. And yeah. it's just, they all look up and, oh, that was a ball. Okay. Ball but there's got to be a penalty when you get a challenge wrong. I think it's just a limited number of challenges. Okay. Because I was so thinking like about just like like from a from a coach's standpoint, and not to pick on anybody, but I'll use our team. In the you just fir- challenge over and over again. <laughs> in, in the fir- in the first inning, if it's V Mal Machine at the plate, I'm not challenging anything. <laughs> yeah. But in the eighth inning, with two runners on and Seth Brown at the plate, now I'm challenging. Yeah. So they, I think there is like I think it's like three or five or something. I think it's three. And you have a limited number of challenges. So there will be some gamesmanship about when to do the challenge. You know, you also, it also keeps you from like constantly checking, uh, you know, challenging on like, oh, and, you know, you know, just like early counts early in the game where it's just not much leverage. Yeah. You want to keep one for the ninth inning in case there's a really bad call there. Or if you're in a high leverage inning, like bases loaded sixth inning. Yeah. yeah. I want, I want to have that. Uh, I'm in for all that, 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 to me, I'm in. That sounds fascinating. Back to that run per game. Uh, I don't fear that because we had it in hockey when they wanted to get – they got rid of the, 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 the trap and they wanted more goals. Didn't hurt the game. More touchdowns don't hurt the game. Steph, mm. Cur- Steph Curry and the, uh, and the Warriors hitting more threes hasn't hurt the game. I One more – little more excitement, little more ball and play, I, I don't think hurts the game. So for you, if like 
if strikeouts go down and runs go up, that's okay. Yes. But if strikeouts keep going up and runs keep going up, eh. Well, if you're telling me if, there, if runs go up, that means there's more action. Right, okay. Because you can't get runs without action. Maybe we can just out outrun the strikeout problem. <laughs> I don't I are we ever getting rid of that? I, I I think it's velocity. And so I don't know what you do about velocity. The other thing the only thing is, you know, we'll see if the pitch clock does anything, but there was some look at this in the minor leagues and they said no velocity didn't really go down. So if velocity doesn't go down from the pitch clock, the only other thing you have is the bound. We're gonna move it back. We've done it. Yeah, we've done it before. We moved it down, and we move it back. <clears throat> and and moving it back does change the like the way shapes work, right? Yeah, like the breaking ball gravity. Has, like, more you can't change gravity. Has, and the break ball has more time to like break, right? So it could it could lead to just much more breaking balls. What yeah. if you move the mound back, and suddenly everyone's fifty fifty sliders? <laughs> it's all fifty percent sliders. Yeah, it would change. I mean, we're not even throwing fastballs now. Right. It's already almost 30% sliders. Move the mound up? No. <laughs> now everything's 107, but you're not going to get a breaking ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, think about these conversations where you're trying to say, okay, we're getting more, we're getting more breaking balls than fastballs. Fastballs are harder than ever before. Think tank, everybody come together. What do we do? Because we're not getting enough contact. We need more contact, more balls put in play, so, more entertainment. Yeah. I think baseball is thinking that way, and I think what they're doing right now is trying everything but the mound, right? <laughs> they're like, we'll do the pitch clock, you know, we'll we'll do these different things. But, I mean, even the three-guy the, the three uh, guy rule was sort of about this, right? If you just got a guy to come in and just face one batter, like a reliever that can just face one batter, he can throw as hard as he can. If he has to face three, he has to you know, throw a little bit less. Uh, you know, like the the A's have a guy who was killing it down there is on a fall league. Mason Miller is down there. And uh, he had a labor issue this year. So he only got, you know, like 14 innings. I said seven. He's like 14. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah. You <laughs> insulted him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's uh, oh, I didn't know your I didn't know your Cal Ripken. It was 14. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but he was throwing 102. Uh, regularly, he was sitting, sitting, you know, he was putting 102s up regularly in his appearances in the fall league. And that's the think about like we used to think Hoyles, Joel Zamaya, like when he got to 100, we were like, oh, it was like Zoom Maya. I remember I was at a game in Detroit and he was hitting 100 and they put it up on the board and there were these flames and everyone was like, woo, you know, now 100 is like. Camilo Duvall is like sitting a hundred, you know, yeah. Mario class A is sitting a hundred and we got Mason Miller down the Arizona fall league sitting a hundred and hitting 102. Uh, so there's some question about him, whether he's a reliever or starter, but that's, that's, that's true for everybody in the game right now. You know, can you be a reliever for five innings and then you can be a starter? Hard to say, you know, cause you know, we're trying to obviously figure out when is a guy going to be ready when he's not going to be ready. Like Geloff ready. I think Soldestrom basically ready. This guy mm -hmm. hasn't played, but he's throwing 102. I don't know much how much you have to play if you're throwing 102. Uh, you know, you just have to decide the question is is if he's going to be a starter or not. If you think with the injuries and with the repertoire, it's mostly fastball cutter, maybe cutter slider. If you think, you know, it's not going to really have a third or fourth pitch, then why why spend his bullets in the minor leagues, you know? 
You know, I just now it's it's in my head thinking about moving the mound back. Um, <laughs> anytime you get a hit, give a hitter, it's rhythm and timing, right? And it's mm-hmm. about seeing it and reacting. Anytime you give a hitter, I don't care what you're throwing, whatever pitch you can have. What was that guy who played for the Red Sox with the gyro ball, dice game? Mont- Dice, dice game on Cesar. Yeah, gyro right? ball or what? I don't care if you're throwing the gyro ball. Well, it's funny because if you throw the gyro ball, it looks boring. doesn't do anything. It's kind of a zero-zero pitch. It's just like this. But it was that's different. Lance Lynn says he throws five fastballs. One of them is a BP fastball. Why does it work? Because everyone's keyed up for three, four miles an hour harder. Well, anytime I give a hitter that much longer to see it, that it, too, it makes yeah. it better for a hitter. So if I move it back and that's a little more gravity – you can't take gravity away from the planet, so that's a little more <laughs> gravity and a little more time for the hitter's eyes to see it and react. Maybe that's what we really need to start. And I don't know where you start it because they're obviously the first thing they're gonna they're gonna say is injuries. We're worried about injuries moving this back, but that may be the next step is to move the mound back. Yeah, you know, people like to talk about um, you know launch angle swings creating strikeouts and it's this obsession with power and that's why we have uh, all these strikeouts you know i'm going to write about this but they're right and they're wrong it's not because of the mechanics of the swing it's not because you have a loopy swing or any of that it's because power lives out in front of the of the plate that's where power lives and in order to get to the ball out in front of the plate you have to start earlier right? If you have to start earlier, you have to commit earlier, right? And if you have to start earlier and the guy's throwing a hundred, then you have to start even earlier, right? And you have to commit even earlier and that's leading to more strikeouts. So it's the combination of velo and yes, trying to hit for power, but you're never going to stop players from trying to throw it that fast or from trying to hit for power. It's in the game. Those things are good. (laughs) Here, Here is the problem. And this is this is this is the problem. And I'm not trying to be the smartest guy in the room, but here is the problem. We're asking baseball coaches questions that they don't have answers to. Because this is a neuroscience thing. This is the human brain. This is your mm-hmm. eyes. What do your eyes see? What do your eyes now tell your brain? What does your brain tell your body to do? Whether you're uppercut, chopping down, level swing, no matter what, it's the decision-making process that's coming in between the ears. That's something you can't teach. That's something you can't find on a data sheet. That's something you can't scout. We can't set. We can't scout the internal brain and the decision-making of each individual human brain. Oh, they're trying to. But you can't. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, we would all found Joe Montana. Why does Joe no, Montana? They're, they're, they're trying to figure it out. That There's definitely advances in, in neuroscience tests. And, you know, the uh, so Mookie Betts, for example, uh, has a really great sense of the zone, swing decisions, contact ability. Um, he was part of a program with the Red Sox where they all had them on a computer program just being like fastball, slider, fastball, slider. like just basically trying to like see things where they just like see a, like a half second of a pitch and then they have to decide what it was. And they tested all their guys internally and they Mookie Betts scored the best out of everyone. And that was part of why they just kept advancing him and they and they believed in him because he so there is some neuro scouting. But I think you're right that there is something in there that's so fast. Because even when I asked Mookie Betts, I said, what do you see when you're at the plate? What do you what are you looking for? Like, what do you see? And he says, man, I can't tell you. 
I don't know. I can't put words to it. I'm I'm seeing the pitch and reacting yeah. to it, but I can't tell you. You know, some other guys were like, "Ooh, I I see some spin. I see some colors." Man, I think I think the truth is, it's midbrain stuff. You know what I mean? It's like the the lizard brain. It's like it, it, it's too fast. There's no way you you don't put words to it because it's not a words thing. Words take a, a second to think up and 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 put a word attach a word to it. When you're looking at a pitch and reacting to it, there's no words. You don't think fastball. You just say go. <laughs> so uh, there is something to what you're saying, I think. And then and then you know if there is if there is stuff that we can't figure out, and there are are there limits to that? If 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 everyone's throwing 110 mile an hour fastball, is there just nothing we can do? Would is there a limit to how fast the brain can react? And if there's a 110 mile hour fastball out there, is everyone just going to strike out 35 percent of the time? Well, so I mean, I think these are these are great questions that we don't really have the answers to. Yeah, it, it's it, it's pretty when you look around sports. We were just used to the biggest, strongest, fastest guys, and they're just it's just the way it is, right? Guys have better DNA. But mm-hmm. if you if if you take someone like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's six six. I can find you a bazillion six six guys in the NBA who can't play like Michael Jordan. What's Steph Curry six three? Well, why can't everybody? So everybody can do. Why can't everybody do what Steph Curry does? I mean, look at Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady this wonder athlete that there's something about the – you can take Tiger Woods, Jack Nicklaus. Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus aren't big dudes. Why, why can they do it and everybody else can't? It's not like you have like, – it's not like it's Wilt Chamberlain and Wilt Chamberlain was just by far the better athlete than everybody else. And no, I think it's Shaq. Shaquille Shaq. O'Neal, right? They had to change the rules. They had to change – Shaq was so big they had to change the rules. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? That, yeah. what, Wayne Gretzky's my size. How is this guy the greatest <laughs> hockey? So there's something that's inside. And, I mean, you, t- you talk to neurosurgeons, you know, the study of the brain. We only even use so much of our brain. That's right. the next level stuff that I don't – I mean, that that's the tough thing. I mean, how, how can I be sitting there at a high school game in, I don't know, Chandler, Arizona, saying this is the next great, great baseball player because of his mind? And I think this is why uh, any team that's cutting their scouting department or not listening to their scouts is missing out because I think the scouts have a chance of catching that. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, there's just a, for another human being to like watch them and say, this person has it, you know, or this person, you know, you know, there's something different about this player. I think you're more likely to maybe catch that with another human being looking at them than just looking at them in the numbers, you know? Cause if you look at Mookie Betts in the numbers, even the stuff that he did that was really interesting in the minor leagues, like he uh, like he, he struck out less than he walked, right? You can still find other guys that struck out less than he than they walked in the minor leagues and get all excited about it. They go, oh, he's the next Mookie Betts, and none of them are going to be Mookie Betts. Or you could be like the scouts in Moneyball, uh, the movie, where he says he's got an ugly girlfriend. What does that mean? <laughs> he's got no confidence. Got an ugly girlfriend. What's that mean? Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. See, or or you can, <laughs> or you can do that. What's that mean? Or you, you can do I've that. Got a friend, I've got a friend who traded away Michael Kopech because, because uh, his girlfriend was like crazy on on uh, social media. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. He, and and what's crazy about it? My friend Ian Khan, who works at the Athletic, he's super successful, and he's the opposite of me. 
where I'm, I'm like, you know, all about the numbers. He starts with the numbers, but then he will, he's willing to like, he looks at Jason Dominguez and he said, that guy's got it. That guy is the next Mike Trout. I don't care what the numbers say. Like that guy, I will do anything to get that guy on my team. And so he'll go out and do that. And I'll be like, I don't know. He's kind of big. The numbers aren't that great, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I always tend towards like veterans and people who've displayed it before. And he's like, you know, I'm going to trade away Michael Kopech because his girlfriend seems crazy. I'm just saying. <laughs> his girlfriend is a six at best. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, when you're down there, because obviously you go down there for info. I mean, you're like a, you're, you're like Columbo. You're an investigator. You're going down. And by the way, the kids out there, look it up. Google Columbo. Um, it, was a great t- <laughs> it was a great TV show back in the day. Uh, what else you got? What was down there? You're down there. You're talking to all these scouts. What else really uh, hit you that you may not be able to write about? Yeah, you know, Jordan Walker is the, the big jewel of the class down there. Uh, I thought he looked stiff, and I had like I had like a weird scouting reaction to him. Where it was like, I don't I don't know if I believe. Like, I think he's going to strike out a lot more than people think, and uh, I wasn't that into him. The other Who's thing that was with? interesting, uh, Jordan Walker with the Cardinals, yeah, outfielder. Um, the other thing that was interesting to me was they had, um, one of the, the first ever home run derby in the Arizona fall league. And it's, that's weird because, uh, the Arizona fall league is for scouting, right? It's a, it's a kind of about scouting. It's about putting these players in a position for every team to see them. Um, and either they get traded or they end up on a major league roster next year. It's like finishing school. It's like that last bit that you're going to do. And, uh, I, I thought, that a home run derby would have absolutely no value uh, to a scout. (laughs) Like here's a bunch of guys just trying to swing for the fences. Uh, But there was, there were some interesting things to, to spot like uh, Eduardo Julian, who's like a, a second baseman for the twins. He was in it and it was weird because he's not really a big power hitter and all of his hits were uh, he's a, he was a lefty. They were all to left center. So I was like, I was like, he's not going to be a big power hitter. He's like an opposite field guy. Uh, but just watching how excited everybody was for the home run derby, it outsold, I think, the all-star game uh, down there. And it was uh, the most well-attended game that I was down there for. Uh, made all the scouts mad. <laughs> they were like, I hate the home run derby. And I was like, dude, people love home run derbies. Yeah. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine to love a home run derby. They have a commercial. Glavin and Maddox, McGuire, yeah, right. right? Chicks dig the long ball. It's still one of the greatest commercials where they're working out, trying to – they didn't care about – I got four Cy Youngs. It's one of the great commercials of all time. They they uh, dig the long ball. I can't believe that's it. I can talk I, – you come back. You come back from, like, a mission like this. You've got so much information. It's amazing. Oh, I mean, there's there was so much – there was more, yeah. Like, there was an 18-year-old kid who looked like he was 38 – uh, Aniel de los Santos, <laughs> who's like the first baseman for the uh, first baseman for the um, the Diamondbacks, and I had a scout tell me he is not a baseball player, and then and then uh, he went into the home run derby and hit a ball 117, you know, out of the the ballpark, <laughs> which doesn't mean that he's necessarily a baseball player with a capital B and capital P, but you know, like it was just an interesting moment to to, to watch this guy who they say doesn't make good decisions on the field and doesn't have a defensive home and isn't really a baseball player. But if he hits 117, people are going to be interested. And he looks 38. <laughs> yes. 
What? It's like, no way that guy's 18. What is going on? <laughs> wow. I mean, that's kind of harsh to be saying a, a guy at 18 doesn't have a shot. At 18. I was the, it was one of the harshest appraisals I'd ever heard. Just I mean, not a baseball player. <laughs> I mean, he's like fresh. I mean, where, where is he from? Uh, I think Dominican. That's just not fair. I mean, he's like, just, <laughs> if he was here, he's just getting done with prom, and you're like already saying he doesn't have a shot. And he hits 117, but, I, you know, it could also just be like future DH, you know, basically. Which that's still not going to be in play. People do not. They, they want don't want to scout and groom for that? No, right? I, I don't see that coming anytime soon, if ever. Well, because, the, you know, what happens over the course of your career is you go and you play worse and worse positions. You go down the defensive spectrum. Everybody is like a short, like all the stars were shortstops, like Manny Machado, shortstop, third base, you know, maybe he plays first base eventually. It's, it's just what you do as you get older. So if you start at DH when you're 18 slash 38, there's nowhere to go after that. <laughs> all right, but it, we play as close. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. What are you drinking now that it's getting chilly? I'm going to Fieldwork, and I'm going to go get myself at least one stout and uh, a couple double IPAs. It's uh, it's his the season for the higher alcohol content what i'm doing yeah why is that <laughs> you got you're not going anywhere and it's cold <laughs> you got to get that alcohol warm <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're just like i want i want stronger i want way stronger That's yeah <laughs> it's interesting how that works and thicker yeah and it's okay to fall asleep on the couch everyone's around the couch anyway that's a great point great stuff we'll talk to you next week and we'll be reading you on the athletic Peace. The great Eno Saris right here. Uh, we're done. Correct. And uh, one free agent signing, I guess it's technically free. Uh, Robert Suarez, according to John Morosi, back with the Padres. Oh, he was going to – I thought he was going to get $800 million. Uh, I thought he was the big ooh. Yeah, so let's see. Multi-year contract. Let's see if anything else happened while we were gone. Padres, five years, $46 million, So For who? Su uh, Suarez. Okay. Um, let's see. Anything else? That happened fast. Yeah, there's not really anything else that's going on. Oh, what's that Heim Bloom? Uh, uh, yeah, it's how, about Judge. The, how about the Red Sox for Aaron Judge? No one's talking uh, about that. I know. I'd rather see him go Met. Would you rather see him with, like, he stays in New York, but I don't know. Oh, by the way, here, I'll give you the list of qualifying. Passon tweeted out. The qual full qualifying offer list per ESPN is from Jeff Passon. 19.1? 19.65 uh, Aaron Judge got the qualifying offer. I think he's going to beat that. Uh, Trey Turner, I think he's going to beat that. Uh, Xander Bogarts, Jacob deGrom, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Rodon, Brandon Nimmo, Wilson Contreras, Bassey. Chris ba Will Chris Bassey get more than $19.65 million as a free agent? He's 34? Yeah. He, he wants a long time. He would like, well, I mean, but if I'm Bassett, don't I want like at least four years? 34, maybe? Mm. But what if he does What if he does four years for 60 million? That's only 15 million a year. Yeah, but you got it guaranteed in your pocket. Yeah, you can make more money for one year. Do your math. Uh, Anthony Rizzo. Wait, what did you say? What? You can make more money taking the 19.6. Yeah. But you're not making more money if I get 
60 in my pocket. Yeah, but you can all, but that's a big bet on yourself if you think you can make, do better next year and then get even more money. The well, following. next year he's older. Yeah, he's, yeah that's true. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, Tyler Anderson of the Dodgers, uh, Martin Perez of the Rangers, Jock Peterson, and Nathan Avoldi was the Red Sox uh, qualifying offer. So these are who's been offered. Yes. Now we'll see who, if anyone accepts. Does Jock accept? Eh, maybe. I think Tyler Anderson. Remember, maybe. no one used to accept. Nobody. Yeah. No, we'll see. I think that's all. I think that's all the news that we really really happened today. We'll, we'll see what happens over the weekend, but I think, yeah, I think that was all that happened. Well, now it's time to, uh, on the playbook, to make lists. Time to make lists of signings, who's staying, who's going. And I've got the list. Top 50 well, free agents. Well, right, Robert, is Robert Suarez on there? Uh, I don't think so. Is he under release in there? Pitchers? Let's see. He has to be on there. After the postseason, he might be in the lower numbers, but I, I thought he was on there. Top 50? Uh, Justin Turner's 50. Well, he got his option declined, so, yeah, he's a free agent right now. Ooh, Chad, by the way, uh, Kylie McGill mentioned Chad Green. He reminds me of – remember Tommy Canley from the Yankees? He had Tommy John Dodger sign him to a two-year deal, and he pitched only one yeah, year with when, when, As soon as he said sign and he can't play next year, does not sound 35. like an Oakland athletic. Yeah, Rangers. All right, we're going to fill in – we're going to – our fill our first fill in the blank – Suarez from San Diego, five years. What? Five years, forty-six million. Five years, forty-six million. SD. Uh, this is from the from the Angels PR. Mike Trout's the first player to win nine Silver Slugger awards by their age thirty season. He also passes Manny Ramirez. Eight as an outfielder for the most Silver Slugger awards by an all-time by an AL. He's already outfielder. going to the Hall of Fame. Get in the playoffs. Make the playoffs. Less less Silver Sluggers, more playoff wins. How about that, Mike Trout? Yeah, I said it. D- Dusty Baker is is, is going to be back with the uh, Astros. I still haven't seen it confirmed if James Click is or not. Apparently, he was offered a deal, but I don't know if he accepted it. Dusty Baker, how many? A uh, one-year deal. Dusty was one year, yeah. It's gotta be a bad look. There's a name floating around for the for the Astros though. Click leaves. That'd be former Astros assistant GM David Stearns, because he returned. Because he left the Brewers. Because he left the Brewers, and he was the he was the assistant GM under uh, Luno before he took the job with Milwaukee. I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't care. Yeah, they're still gonna be good. It doesn't matter who runs the team. <laughs> who cares? Uh, that's going to do it for A's Cast Live. We will not be on tomorrow because the holiday will be back Monday at 1 o'clock. Correct? Correct. Or should we do two? I mean, technically. I already booked guests for Monday for one. Th- John Shea's at one thirty. You can move it. No, he asked me to go early. so and we could tape it. Because what do we want to ad- We're going to decide this live. What do we really want to do? We come on during the season at 4. Correct. This one o'clock, why one? I don't know. That's what everyone decided years ago, and we just stuck with it. Maybe because we were doing three hours before, and we're only doing two right now. Because before it was one to four, and then you can do it for three more hours and up to seven o'clock. Maybe we go two to four, four to six. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You do that, or if you say how it is, it's 1 to 3, 3 to 5, 5 to 7. You get your full drive time range in there. You just want to be off by th- – it's just about him. He wants to be off at 3 o'clock. That's what it is. All right, everybody, enjoy the holiday tomorrow. We'll see you on Monday at 1 o'clock. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live. We want to thank Rightfield Will, Kylie McDaniel from ESPN, and Eno Saris from The Athletic. See everybody on Monday. Oakland and Athletic spring training is right around the corner, and you can be part of the excitement. Get your tickets now and plan ahead for a fun-filled trip to Mesa, Arizona this spring. Pack the sunscreen, bring your friends, pick up some ballpark classics, and watch your green and gold get ready for the regular season. Get your tickets today to see the Athletics take on the Giants, Padres, Cubs, Dodgers, and more. Tickets are on sale now at athletics.com slash spring. That's athletics.com slash spring. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This is Chris Townsend for the Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek. Great news! Our indoor dining is back, along with our beautiful patio dining. Come taste our world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 83 years. The Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek has one of the most dynamic menus, plus a full bar. Pot pies, gourmet burgers, sandwiches, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget, we still do takeout and delivery. For all the information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.